Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome to ESPN 690. I'm Austin Lane. we got a chock-full show today for young and old just alike. We're going over the SEC Media Day, day three in Hoover, Alabama. We're talking the first day of the ACC Media Day. Uh, bring the kids together for this one. We're going to go over what Jacksonville Jaguars represent, which emojis as we celebrate National Emoji Day uh, today on ESPN 690. Forgive me if I don't sound the most excited. I'm not the biggest emoji user, but we'll make it work. Also, we're going to give our top 10 Madden rankings on the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. And kind of a chock full day for the Jaguars as we're also going to talk about what are the odds that Telvin Smith will come back and play sometime during this season. Plenty more. We got some open talk uh, as I guess they're in Northern Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. So Brent's going to spearhead that. Maybe get into a little um, more World Series of Poker talk. It's just a full show today. So, Kuz, how how we doing this morning, man? Or I guess this afternoon now. Hello. I'm, I'm doing great. Sorry, man. Your uh, your whole emoji thing kind of threw me for a loop here. Why is in that? In case you didn't know, because I don't use emojis. Okay. I, I, I've maybe used them twice on Twitter, and when I did it, I kind of felt sick a little bit. <laughs> so, I'm trying to be a company man here, but just I want, I want you to know, when we go over the emoji things, I put about 10% effort into this thing. That's fine. That's about what I do every day. So Sounds about right. That does sound about right. <laughs> I think my text response to Coos was, I hate you. <laughs> I didn't even try the text response. And, and, and the reason why I uh, said I hate you is more because it's National Emoji Day. We don't celebrate national days. It's also no, national, we don't. Hot Unless dog day. national holidays. Don't get True. that wrong. Don't, don't misconstrue that. I'm yes. saying these national made up hallmark whatever kind of days. Yeah. These aren't even hallmark days anymore. Well, did you know that it's National Hot Dog Day today as well? You know, I saw Which, that. I feel like July 4th should be National Hot Dog Day, but. Either that or the start of baseball season. That too. Yeah. All right. Just kind of randomly in late July, but whatever. I love hot dogs. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, I like all forms of hot dogs. Like, uh, like I don't know if this is a form of a hot dog, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like it is. Like sausages and oh brats yeah, bratwurst. I cooked brats last night on the grill. There you had go. Had a couple brats today. See, forget the emoji talk. We should have like our top five bratwurst breakdowns. You know, like <laughs> you got chorizo, you got Polish sausage. Wow, chorizo, yeah. very good. I'm, I'm a big chorizo guy. I'm a Polish Kabasi. sausage is kibasa. Right? Correct. Yes. Yep. I love kibasa. Okay. Like kibasa, I say this to my kids and they think I'm nuts. But like my mom used to cook this meal, cabbage and kibasa. Of course. So and so she didn't cook many meals, but that was one of them. Yeah. And so we'll have it. Steph mm-hmm. will make it now. It's uh, it's relatively easy to make. Mm-hmm. But I think kibasa when I have it, and it's probably because it's so few and far between, is like the best thing I've tasted in months. <laughs> every time I have it, it's <laughs> really good. good. Have you ever had andouille sausage? Yeah, yeah, oh, because yeah, you get yeah. that with like um, what's uh, what, what what am I? Getting? New Orleans uh, jambalaya. Yeah, yeah, jambalaya. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm big andouille sausage. I like kind we're of making too. everybody hungry. I know. Mouth, mouth is watering to the start off the show. Not off to a good did start. Did you see? I am waiting for a response from Dunkin' Donuts. By the way, I did not see. What, I what tweeted happened? out. Oh, Alyssa the, the Lang sprinkles. joined us yesterday from SEC, and yeah. I said I want an answer. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. They haven't got back to you yet. Not yet. I'm telling you, this thing goes deeper than Dunkin' Donuts, Brent. This could be a national conspiracy. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you also looked up some things on it that. 
made me probably never. I should never <laughs> yeah, talk about yeah, I mean, sprinkles on donuts again. Once again, the kid that wrote the article was wearing uh, a fake pair of glasses, and he had a scarf around his neck. Uh, had, there's a picture from the wrote the article, so I'm not sure how credible the kid is. But um, <laughs> so it was Dude, a Harry Potter a scarf. It, it was off. It was off like Up Rocks or whatever, something that website. And yeah, the kid had a scarf and a pair of fake glasses. So not credible. Uh, not credible. No, whatsoever. Okay, thinking you you uh, talked about. I don't know if you talk about Madden. Um, yeah, I, I kind of teased it a little emojis. bit. Yeah, did, so we'll yep. get into that goofy stuff a little bit later on. You know, Yannick Ngakwe continues to tweet. Oh, I didn't see it. His tweet today is, whenever 91 arrives, 91 will be ready. I like there's that. a couple of things in this. First third of all, person. I want a number. No, <laughs> I won't be able to talk third person and call myself a number. <laughs> whenever 690's ready, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. I like, like him, man. I, I it's a flex. How can we do that? But, uh, okay, so we obviously can read into this again. Whenever he's ready, does that mean he's planning a, a holdout? Um, what's going to happen with Yannick Ngakwe? And although he's been very quiet everywhere else, he has been pretty vocal, if you will, at least on Twitter. He, he yeah. tweets about once an hour. Yeah. Uh, a message very, or two. Uh, very Cryptic tweets too. Usually, pretty sometimes cryptic. you can't figure out what he's what he's talking about. These guys are good, which, at which that. is by design. Uh, I mean, because now we have to break them down. You can accidentally tweet cryptically, so yeah, this isn't by accident. But but let me let, here's the last like day of tweets of Yannick Ngakwe. Fair none. New tweet. I can't be fake. Not in me. Uh, I heard that. You did RIP to someone, so that's a little different. Uh, can't be worried about the wrong things. Put stuff beneath you. Yep. New tweet. Unblockable. Is he talking about on me Twitter? on Twitter? I was going to say. I got uh, to go a couple ways. New tweet. Never take anything personal. When someone says something about you, they're really expressing how they feel about themselves. Yep. Probably talking about Brent Martin or not now, wanting to give him that big contract. Now, this one, I'm yep. not going to lie here. Yep. You've seen the ESPN 690. thinking about myself. You better believe it, Brent. I'm like, wait a minute. What Mind have I said about Yannick Ngakwe, and what does it have to do with myself? Congratulations. Now you got called out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to think about that. <laughs> think about it. He, he went from unblockable. Directly towards you, and then he talked about that one. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely a, so, a cryptic message towards you, Brent. Yeah, Yannick will listen to the show from time to time. Yeah, but Yannick and got this tweet from Yannick: never take anything personal. When someone says something about you, they're really expressing how they feel about themselves. Is something you would craft on the whiteboard? <laughs> yeah. like, is there a class down there at Jags headquarters for this stuff? <laughs> so, with all things being considered, then I guess Brent doesn't want a new contract. Uh. <laughs> Cox Media, like he, he's satisfied with what he's making. Uh, his latest I, tweet is, "If you're not in my shoes, shush." Oh, that could be at me too. That's, that's at you too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then back to his second to last tweet, which was six hours ago, and I just said it. Whenever 91 returns, 91 will be ready. But yeah. he put hashtag Omerta. Omerta okay. is that? Am I saying that right? O m e r t a. Well, go read what Omerta means. I looked it up already. Oh, but yeah. I want you okay. to read the definition. Uh, it's practiced by the mafia, a code of silence about criminal activity, and a refusal to give evidence to authorities. So what I picked up in there Loyal is obviously the oath of Murta. is yeah. code of silence. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. That's why he must have done hashtag Omerta. Yeah. Uh, code of silence. Yeah. So he has not been silent on Twitter, but he's not talking much. That's, uh, that's from The Godfather, I believe, by the way. 
Omerta is? Yeah. Uh, from the movie? Like, um, was it readily used in that movie? It's from, it's from the book. Mario Puzo, I believe it's in the movie, too. Okay. I, I'd, I'd read the I mean, book it's in, a well-known mafia. Book in high school. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, all the definitions long, relate back to mafia. Hey, it's like a thousand pages, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a long That's book. a long book. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, you know, we have put uh, numerous requests in to try to go track down Yannick Ngakwe. Sure. Here, South Florida, uh, Merrill, wherever he might be. And mm-hmm. I think he is most of the time in South Florida, though Miles Jack says recently he was uh, at the stadium. So anyway, a week away. Uh, now really a, a week away from report day. Mm-hmm. Does Yannick Ngakwe report continues to be a question we talked about a lot, but I just thought it was interesting with his tweets today and some of the things um, that he's thinking. It's almost like he wants to say something. You yeah. know, you get that feel like it, it, how much can you hold it back? And, and yeah, when he's ready, he'll be ready. Well, maybe he's trying to drop a, an album or something, too, at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, when he's ready, he'll be ready. To me, it sounds like when the contract presents itself, then he'll be ready. Yeah. When, with the other um, Jags piece of news I had today, and not news, uh, I thought about this really yesterday. I didn't bring it up on the show. Mm-hmm. And so later on, and I want you to think about this. And if you have some thoughts on it, you're more than welcome. But Yannick Ngakwe, Jags oh, being a week away. Uh, and, and by the way, they did announce uh, seven open training camp practices today. Uh, that will include the first one next Thursday morning. But the one I asked, uh, I, I think it's a forgotten topic and almost like a, okay, that's official topic, is Telvin Smith is sitting out the year. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking this week, Telvin Smith has said he's sitting out the year, but that was months ago. We are now getting into that, that feeling of football. That vibe you get as a fan, forget about as a player. Is there any hesitation to change his mind about playing football now that it's getting real? Now that he missed the OTA, it's easy to skip football and OTAs and mini camp and and those things. It's a little more difficult to miss football when you know a game's like a few weeks away in preseason or a real game's away in six seven weeks down the road. Yeah, it starts to get a little closer, and. It just crossed my mind this week, like, hmm, are we going to see a 180 from Telvin Smith? And will he end up changing his mind and showing up? And by the way, I don't think the season hinges on that. I don't think it it really – I don't want to say it doesn't matter because I think they would be better off with Telvin at that weak side linebacker spot than an unknown right now. And it might be Quincy Williams. It might be a veteran one they sign. He still has a roster spot mm-hmm. on this team. And I guess at the very least, what happens with the Telvin situation? Because sooner or later, and by Labor Day, you're going to have to know when the roster is made, what are they designating him as? So it just crossed my mind about that. Don't answer it yet. Okay. But let's get to it a little bit down the road, uh, a little bit later on the show. And uh, more than welcome your thoughts, too, on that Star Star 690. What do you think the end game this year is for Telvin Smith? Do you think there's a chance he does change his mind? Do you think it would be super beneficial if he did change his mind? Do you want him to change his mind about playing in 2019? One question regarding Telvin Smith though, before we talk about that later. If he was not to show up this year, could they take that money from his contract that he was supposed to get paid this year and maybe give it to like Ngakwe well, they for could a new contract? This year, but this it's year. a frozen contract, so you have to be ready to make room next year when he comes back if he's on your roster next year. Gotcha. So if th- that's why the designation here is very important mm-hmm. at how you can utilize the money, where it gets split up, what's reserved for this year, what's reserved for next year. But, yeah, I mean, okay. some of those things come into play.
Gotcha. Uh, and by the way, there are deadlines for Yannick Ngakwe that he has to worry about, too, in terms of free agency, being an unrestricted free agent versus a free agent. I think that happens like the first week of August. If you're not in camp by then, you probably know some of those rules better than I do. Uh, so. There's a lot going on as the Jags get ready to report a week from today. Some players already in the building. Uh, by the way, we'll have some big news about the Jags. Uh, big news. I don't know. Big news. Major news uh, internally about the Jags on uh, with Action Sports Jacks coming up in the next day or so. It has to do with the fall. Uh, but coming up next, let's go to SEC and ACC Media Days. Florida State, Alabama, college football. What are they saying today? We'll tell you all about it on ESPN 690 next. You talked a little wrestling in Chicago yesterday, didn't you? You're like the wrestling expert, analyst, guru. Yeah, all of a sudden I had to do an interview for Wrestling Inc., which was pretty cool. Uh, and then yesterday I did an interview for ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Talked a little wrestling. There you so, go. Uh, see, people, hey, we're not I'm the not, only ones. I, I'm not going to lie. Um, if you had told me, you know, four or five months ago I got this job, that I'd be going to different shows and different websites talking wrestling, I would say you're crazy, but here we are and life is good. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Did they... Now- did they remember your playing days? Yeah, but in didn't, Chicago? didn't ask me one football question. Really? They're so interested in my in my you know thoughts on wrestling and all the wrestling and WWE. So we didn't get to touch on football, all right. which is cool with me. That's all good. You know, see that were you specific? How did they do the interview? Were they specific? See, one of my arguments, people say, uh, and by the way, we're not talking about wrestling today, um, but <laughs> this is more just about the. It is the, a Wednesday the, after all. <laughs> this is more about the uh, psychology of talking about wrestling. Yes. Because uh, there are some folks like, why are you talking about wrestling? So. And the one I didn't, you can only go into so much detail in, uh, uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But my thought about it, like when we talked about it the other day, see, I like talking about topics, whether it's football or anything else, on a broad issue based kind of spectrum. Yeah. You know, like we weren't breaking down matches the other night from Fight for the Fall. <laughs> no, no, no. We were talking about the economics of that event. First of all, not making money. The idea that it's right here in our backyard in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. where it's going next as they get ready to launch TNT, the competitive side of WWE. So all these different things. My curiosity when you did that interview, was it more broad-based things, or did they actually want like your opinion on the wrestlers and the matches? Uh, a little bit of both, actually. Was it a little bit yeah, of both? Yeah, so, you know, they wanted to know about Tony we'll Khan. save that for them. Yeah, right. no, exactly. <laughs> they, they, they wanted to know about Tony Khan, but, I mean, you know, uh, I think they kind of grilled me a little to see if I really knew my stuff. And, um, obviously, I passed with flying colors, but, you know, you don't have to rep the ESPN 690 brand. So, yeah, the interview went great. We talked a little bit of everything. It was about a 15 to 20-minute interview. Uh, I'm sure if you go out on ESPN1000.com or check out their social media pages, you'll see the interview there. It's all in the family. It is all in the ESPN. family. From Jacksonville to Chicago. You better believe it. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Cool. Thanks. Uh, look forward to, to hearing about it. And um, who knows? Maybe someday you'll have your own wrestling show. That's what they said, too. They're like, you got to get your own hour. I'm like, well, easy. All right. Easy. Let's just ease ourselves into work this on those things. Yeah. We need a lot of people to tweet in and message in and be like, you need your own show. Exactly. We want to hear more wrestling. Exactly. I'm not just going to have me and Kuz be in this, ourselves by the studio. Because yeah, just... I'm not coming along. Oh, good. There is no price right. that Brent Martin will come along to talk well, wrestling with me for an hour. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that. Then. Okay. We'll talk about that off the air. Uh, let's talk about college football uh, and SEC media days. We're going to get to uh, Nick Saban in just a, a little bit because why not? I want to hear about Saban's cranky. Is he complaining? Are there any more headlines? And the answer to no, there's really not a lot of. Um, we need more. Yeah. You know, people. There was no like UCF national. 
national championship kind of questions to ask about True. this year. So he yeah. couldn't tick off the SEC brand. Yeah. Um, so that didn't happen. But we'll get to Alabama in a moment because they really have been. I mean, it's unbelievable what Alabama's done. It's unbelievable what Nick Saban's done. I mean, he's in the ilk of Bill Belichick and uh, as a coach. Uh, how we talk about him, uh, and from like a player standpoint, a, a Tom Brady or a or a LeBron James. I mean, he, uh, Tiger Woods. Those names, they don't. You don't have to be localized to talk about those names. We're talking about Nick Saban, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And um, how much longer does he have? Where does Alabama go? Will he win this year after losing last year? Uh, all these things, and then to hear him talk. And, and one of the big topics at these days are, is the transfer portal. And a little bit later on, we're going to hear from Jimbo Fisher from Texas A&M. He had these comments late yesterday about student-athletes and just how busy they are. And and I want to get into that a bit because I feel like I love the comments from Fisher, but there's a part of me that believes. And sometimes I can be hard on coaches, college football coaches and college basketball coaches because of the culture they've created in sports. And there's a filter-down effect uh, that I, I just feel like – Coaches have created a lot of the stuff that exists today in in athletics, not just co- college athletics, but the mentality of players. Oh, often it's all about the culture, yeah. Uh, in a full-year-round sport, the specialization. I mean, it's your damn fault is the way I look at it Yeah. when I talk to the, about the coaches, mm-hmm. uh, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But So it's hard to complain about it, even though I kind of liked what Jimbo said. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. Let's go Florida State right now. This is a huge year. It feels like a huge year. But you want to know the interesting dynamic for Willie Taggart in Florida State? What's that? Is I don't believe he's on the hot seat at really? all. I really don't. Hmm. I do not think he's on the hot seat. A miserable year. I mean, you could not have failed any more epically, if that's a word, yeah. than <laughs> Willie Taggart. Failed last year at Florida State. I mean, it could not have yeah. been a worse start. There are some programs that might have fired Willie Taggart after last year. But there's too much of a buyout. That got squashed quick. And you know what? There's still a hefty buyout. And there's a level of patience, it sounds like, to fix some of the the way Jimbo Fisher left the program because he had one foot out the door, it seemed. And so almost to the point, like Will Muschamp years ago, was assigned the task of kind of fixing the mess Urban Meyer created. Now what you're saying is, wait a minute, how do you create – those guys won, and they won big. Jimbo Fisher won a national title. He won a lot of games. Urban Meyer did the same. Well, there were some internal, structural, cultural messes in both instances, and different, but both instances, and I think – Will Muschamp's job was to fix some of that, and by the way, he'll never get enough credit for doing so. He did. He cleaned up that program, even if he didn't win enough football games. And I think Willie Taggart's in that similar kind of build right now. Uh, that does not excuse some of the, the snafus they had coaching. I mean, they were awful. They were undisciplined. Their offense was pitiful. It was a just a miserable They're year for They were getting blown out a lot of those games, Oh, my though, gosh, man. I mean, it's not just how many losses they have. It was gross. But, but it's the way they lost those games as well. I, I mean, you're talking 47-28 against NC State. Uh, you know, you're talking, I mean... 41 to 14 against Florida, and that, that's that's your big rival to close out the season. Austin, they that's, couldn't line up. Well, they were a college football yeah. team that couldn't line up at times. And they last go to the bowl game, you know, for the first time in forever. Yeah. So, listen, it was a it was uncategorically a mess at Florida State last year, but I don't get the feeling he's on the hot seat. Now, anytime you win four games, three games, two games, something like that in college football, especially at Florida State, you're on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of folks over there that have even gone on record or at least have said, listen, 
they, they don't come out and say you go four and eight and you're, you're going to keep your job. But there's this sense that even if it's 500, even if it's a six-win season, it's not like you have to get to nine wins or ten wins. There isn't that kind of mandate, it feels like at least, on Willie Taggart and Florida State. Some has to do with that buyout. Some has to do with cleaning up the program, the culture, and building it, and they're going to give them time to do so. And do keep this in mind. Florida State has been a program in the last whatever now, 40 years, 50 years, that have had they've had three coaches. Bobby Bowden, Jimbo Fisher, and now Willie Taggart. Yeah. So they're not, they're almost like the Pittsburgh Steelers where they're going to give things time and they are not going to just reshuffle and, and start start over every two or three years. You get the sense that's the case in Tallahassee. So here's my issue though with Taggart and Florida State. I think you talked to anybody last year and I, and I was guilty of this too. I thought Florida State would be the team to beat and I thought Florida was going to be the one that's going to struggle. Absolutely. You know, cause I thought when they got Dan Mullen, I thought, you know what? It's just kind of a meat and potato signing. Not really exciting. He's got the SEC experience, but he never really did anything with it. I think one time he was number two in the nation with his, with the old team of Mississippi State Bulldogs. But besides that, you know, couldn't win the big one if, as they say. And obviously you have a guy like Willie Taggart who comes in, you know, he's got that, uh, he's got that new offense. Uh, what do you call at the the Gulf Coast offense mm-hmm. uh, that he was you know trying to uh, campaign for and everything like that. So when you saw the weapons that Florida His State Gulf had, Coast offense had a hurricane. Hit him. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you saw the weapons that Florida State has in the speed, you thought, oh, it's like a match made in heaven. Florida State's going to be fine. Well, the offense didn't play well. The offensive line was atrocious. But what really bothered me from last year for the Florida State um, Seminoles was the fact that. The penalties. It was the mental mistakes. Because, okay, I can see if you try to implement a new offense, maybe it takes a, a bit for players to get. And maybe they need time to adjust. I mean, that's with any uh, sport. You maybe know, you don't have the right players. Yeah, for that exactly. Offense, especially that kind yeah, of Because, style, let's be honest, right? it wasn't really his guys that he had uh, at his disposal. Yeah. So, I can overlook the fact that maybe he didn't have the, the proper weapons that he... He would, he's, he's accustomed to having. But what I can overlook, like you mentioned, are the penalties, are the mistakes, because that falls directly on coaching. So I think this year with Florida State, one would assume they're going to be better than last year. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to repeat what you did last year. But if you still see those mental errors, if you still see those penalties, then you are on the hot seat because that falls directly towards coaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can't look as ugly as they did last year and survive. It, it would be so hard. It would be so hard to fathom. That season looks like that. This season looks like that season, mm-hmm. and sitting here in November and saying he's safe, it's hard to fathom. But I think sitting here right now in late July or middle of July, whatever the heck we're at, I feel like there's almost nothing he can do wrong to lose his job this year. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I feel like, and I know the fans will call for it, and a lot of people disagree, and I, I just feel like that at this moment. So uh, we'll see if that's the case. Uh, you know, he likes what they have. Here's the thing. The one good thing going for Willie Taggart and Florida State is they know they're going with James Blackman. Yeah. They got your guy Hornybrook from Wisconsin, but he even no, said you're not today, going Hornybrook. <laughs> but Hornybrook, he even said he said, hey, "Listen, if Hornybrook wants the job, he's going to have to wrestle it away." Mm-hmm. And you know, this time of year, coaches don't say that stuff. Yeah, right. They usually just a lot of times when you have a couple of guys in, oh, it's, it's a competition. Got a going to the training camp, yeah, absolutely competition. And they usually sit on the fence there. Well, I like the fact that Taggart didn't do that. He's yeah. like, "Listen, James Blackman's our guy," mm-hmm. and. I like the way you worded it. You said if yeah. Hornie Brook wants it, then come in and, and you have to wrestle that away. So I think the confidence level in Blackman's good. The fan base wanted Blackman yeah. most of the time last year. So I think at least there, 
they're on the same page. Willie Taggart and the fans, yeah. for the first time since the guys arrived, well, they're on the same page. And it's the same thing with Blackman, though, as well. It kind of gives Blackman confidence going sure. forward, right? Because you got to remember, a lot of times when you're a quarterback going into the going into training camp and you're fighting for a spot, that's a little added extra pressure because you want to be the leader, but you have to take care of yourself first. You actually have to win that job before you can lead. Now Blackman knows that he's an established starter. Now he can be a leader. He, he can be the face of that team. Yeah, and here's the deal. Blackman's got some weapons. Tamarian Terry's a very good player. Very, very good player. Cam Akers in that backfield, man, I think he's a stud. They just yeah. have not been able to get it out of him. Really, it might be their fault more than his fault. But uh, And by the way, I saw him like uh, squat 580 pounds today. Nice. With ease. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of like what I do. But uh, <laughs> Not even close, but okay. You know, I saw the video of that, actually, and yeah. I was thinking of something. You, you've, you've lifted a lot of weight before. Not, Me, not, not so 580-ish, but yeah. Um, what's close your squat? to that. That's not important, though, is it? <laughs> uh, I think, honestly, my highest was 550. Okay. Yeah. But well, you know what's funny about that to me? is like you got the guy spotting, mm. right? And so they got the guy behind him, yeah. kind of holding just so it doesn't, nothing gives out. Sure. And then you got the guys on the side. Yeah. And it ran through my mind. It's like, there's 580 pounds on that thing. I think that was the number. Yeah. The dudes on the side, yeah. like, they're not holding it. Yeah. So what are they going to catch it in midair? Like, can you, the reaction no, no, if you, that I mean, falls is like you ain't catching so it. So there, I mean, truth be told, there's nothing more <laughs> stressful than maxing out with the, in the squat rack because so say like if you're maxed out with the bench press, if your body just gives out, you can't do it. You just drop it and the guys can carry it for you. And the squat rack, though, you got to be on your game the whole time because even if you can't get it, you have to stay underneath the bar because if you walk out underneath it. It's going to be bad news. So, like, you actually have to fight through even if you can't get it, and then yeah. the guys will help you out. Then they'll help you. So, it's, uh, it, it is quite the, the scene, quite the lift. And I, I think we shared this story before on the show with Coach Jay when Coach Jay called him. Yeah. But, um, you know, Coach Jay was a former a defensive tackle, um, just missed out on making an NFL roster. But, uh, he was a big powerlifter guy, too. So my senior year, we're, we're squatting, you know, we're doing our max outs, and all of a sudden comes Coach Jay wearing like a pair of khakis and his, his polo shirt. He's like, wait, let me get that rack. So there's like 500-something pounds on, and I just did my, my rep for one. I think I did 515. I was excited. Coach Jay gets in with khakis and some, you know, I think work shoes. And I, I kid you not, squats 500 and whatever, 15 pounds, eight times. Really? Like it was nothing. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. And I'm like, ah, there's levels to this game that I can't get to. But, yeah. That is very super cool. impressive. Yeah. Uh, well, will Florida State be impressive? We'll find out soon enough. By the way, Miami goes uh, and has their day tomorrow. They'll open up against Florida, so we'll be paying attention to that. And uh, you'll hear from... Florida State coming up in just a little bit. Willie Taggart and some others. And Nick Saban at SEC Media Days. What did he have to say today? And what about that old transfer portal? All that and more next on ESPN 690. What you got on the magic whiteboard? Is that from you or Yannick? That, that was directed. That, this was directed more towards Coos. Hardworking plus laziness equals efficiency. Right? Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, think about, I mean, is that like jumbo shrimp? <laughs> is that like a double uh, oxymoron? Yeah. Um, I didn't, did I just call Kuz a moron? Nah, an oxymoron. It's okay. If you put the oxy in front of it, you're good to go. I just sound, make it sound like I'm doing drugs. Hey, did you get that stain off your shirt, by the way, that you're rocking today? Yep. Yep, it's off. Brent, you, you missed that story. What did he spill? So, well, he, he spilled some spaghetti sauce, but the real story is the fact that he's he wore that shirt two days in a row. It wasn't two days in a row, though. But was it, though, or not? 
It was like an hour one day, and then I wore it for Which, the entire day the next day. No one's going to wear a shirt for an hour, so it's... I'm not much to uh, pick on anybody's attire. Are you coming at me right now? <laughs> no, but I might come at Coos. Okay, okay. Oh, you don't like the shirt? Because that polo shirt oh, is getting me back like 24 years. See, here's the best Either part. Or it's something like an old... Old guy in Jacksonville would wear. See, when he first wore I can't say anything bad, Brent, because when he first wore I gave him major props. You I'm like, it. you know he what? Liked it's, it, it's not yeah. a bad shirt. But then we found out he wore it two days in a row, and it was like, yeah. I was kind of, I think, I was hoping you would kind of break out one of your gap. Dude, I was going to, man. Republic, but like, I've already given him rants. props. I, I can't go back on my word now. I already said I like that shirt, so it'll look really bad like, one day. What color is it? Uh, it's, it's like a salmon. It's, it's like a salmon and tangerine. It's, yeah. <laughs> Like if, if you were, if you were to have like a salmon platter with uh, some <laughs> tangerine <laughs> marmalade on it, that's what it would look like. <laughs> very very good. I mean, uh, look look at it. It's, tell me it's not. You know, and then a side of whipped cream. <laughs> the whipped cream, yes. White accents, yes. <laughs> that sounds like when you open your restaurant. <laughs> that's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's gonna call it the coos. That's the good yeah. salmon, with, polo. salmon with tangerine, <laughs> nice tangerine marmalade, marmalade. marmalade. And whipped cream. <laughs> is it marmalade or marmalade? Whatever marmalade. it is. Okay, marmalade. Uh, yeah. If it is marmalade, <laughs> I don't say it that okay. way. Okay, whatever. Uh, wh- how does Nick Saban talk? Uh, coming off a national championship appearance once again, but a blowout loss to Clemson. A lot of talk now. I mean, has Clemson caught him? Uh, you know, obviously coming off last year, they're the national champs. Uh, they've been in this thing. They've won a couple. Uh, Dabble's got it cooking. Uh, Clemson is on fire. They don't face as much resistance in the ACC as Alabama does in the SEC, although last year's resistance wasn't too, too bad, uh, even for the Crimson Tide. Uh, but where does it leave Alabama? See, I'm a big – I always get curious when the dynasty's ending. I predicted mm-hmm. last year, coming off the Super Bowl, that I thought Tom Brady would retire at the yeah. end of the day. He didn't. He's not. That. Yep. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll live with that one. Uh, yeah. but I, I was just, I thought that was it for him. Uh, I do think this. The Patriots are not winning another Super Bowl title. That was the end of the run. Okay. I hey. think that was very, um, that wasn't like an arrow up, clicking on all cylinders kind of uh, run for the Patriots the whole mm-hmm. year. The whole year had a lot of sputtering to it. Uh, I mean, heck, they won 13-3. to Brady even at times was not great in that game. And I think they got away with some stuff. I think you have to get lucky to win. I think, I'm not saying that was all luck. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not one that gives me confidence that they're going to win two or three more of these things. And I think, obviously, I'm a big believer when Brady does go, it's over. <laughs> Speaking of Brady retiring, though, do you think Gronk's going to come back? Or do you no. think Gronk's actually done? He's done. Okay. Yeah, I think he's done. Okay. Uh, so I don't believe he'll come back. But so it gets me on the – so, again, I'm kind of a believer that the dynasties will stop. Yeah. And, uh, listen, I got 31 other teams to, to help me out. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's not like a hard prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, although everybody's going to pick New England in the Super Bowl. Not everybody, yeah, but, but a lot of people. You, you have to like the field. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, especially Mahomes and the Chiefs and what the Colts are doing. And, Saints, I mean, Chargers. I mean, you, you, go on you and got on. a lot of teams. Yeah. So the, that's the difference. In college football, do you have a lot of teams yeah. for Alabama? You have Clemson. But who else do you have? Like, who else are you really worried about? Ohio State, Oklahoma. Ohio State's got a new coach, though. You don't know how that's going to pan out. Oklahoma? Yeah. Lincoln Riley, yeah. they've been able to get it done. They just keep getting quarterbacks. He's the quarterback got whisperer. Uh, can Jim Harbaugh get 
the shakiness of the last couple of games out of the system and have more of a year like they did the rest of the season? Uh, does Georgia continue to do it and take the next? Yeah, but they, there's a Notre lot Dame of Notre Dame is, is a question mark, too. But like with the schedule they play, West. yeah, nobody, nobody. else. Uh, is Texas coming back and, and going to be back and be for real? Listen, again, you can make the case for a lot of these. But right now I'm talking about two teams in the college football landscape in a national championship kind of way because they've proven it, and that's Clemson and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, is Alabama over that loss? Nick Saban uh, at SEC Media Days today in Birmingham, Hoover, talking about uh, the thumping they got to the Tigers last January. Uh, I don't know that you ever get over things like that. Um, I, I think that um, we obviously looked at the game several times and tried to uh, analyze the things that didn't go well, but it's not that difficult to figure out. Uh, and watching it over and over and over doesn't give you any additional insight. You know, it usually comes down to how did you execute, how did you block and tackle, uh, how did you execute and do the things that you were supposed to do relative to how you practiced. And uh, we didn't practice very well for the game. Uh, it, was a, it was a difficult trip for our team. Uh, same circumstance for them. They handled it a lot better than we did. Uh, and we didn't execute very well in the game. Yeah, that's a pretty good answer uh, coming out of Nick Saban. And there was some talk coming out earlier today about, you know, that they didn't, they weren't prepared enough. I mean, shoot, you have a month to get prepared no, for these, because, these kind of teams. See, not, not just I, for that I, one I don't game. Like that you know, answer, because you got to win the semis. But I mean, everyone's got to prepare. I know, but everyone's got to prepare the same way. Yeah. So, like, I don't like that answer. That's to not me. what Saban said. It's some of the players. I think I got you. Well, said it, regardless but. of whoever said it, I don't like that excuse. Yeah, to, to me, it's just an excuse. And, and I, I thought Saban was good there. He said, "Hey, man, we got we got beat." Yeah, that was it. We didn't handle the situation well that we were in, and we got beat. And that yeah. happens in sports, and that's fair enough. Uh, I did like like Kirby Smart yesterday for Georgia said, you know what? We have learned that we can be as physical. We can play physically with Alabama, and that's a big mental edge. The thing about Alabama is, can you play physically for four quarters with them? Because if you watch them week in week out, what they do now sometimes they'll just just slaughter someone. Mm. But a lot of times, that third quarter, you're like, oh, somebody might get Alabama. Someone might get Alabama. And that fourth quarter, man, it is all tied. You talk about roll tide. It's a roll tide in the fourth quarter because they wear you down and they perform well. But what teams that win a lot do is they they do well in big moments. Alabama did not do well in that big moment no. in the championship game. But New England, in big critical moments, they make the plays. Alabama, usually in big critical moments, they make the plays. Georgia's problem is... They haven't made the plays in the big critical moments, at least mm-hmm. two of them that we can point out in the last couple of years. Clemson, they will go toe-to-toe with you, and they will make the big plays. They've got the confidence. It's almost like it doesn't matter if the players go away. It's a program thing. The coach believes it. It's spread out throughout the year in the summer, in the fall. You make the plays during the course of the year, and you're ready to make the plays in the big-time situation. Alabama has that. Clemson has that. Georgia hasn't proven that. So you have to prove two things when you go up against Alabama. I can play with you physically, mm-hmm. getting off the bus. And Clemson, by the way, a couple years ago when I saw him beat Alabama in the national championship game, they looked better than Alabama getting off the bus. Georgia looks just as good as Alabama and Clemson getting off the bus a lot. But then the second part of that is you've got to be able to make the critical plays and have the confidence to do so. And you're talking about the critical plays. That stems directly whether you're talking about the Patriots, the Bulldogs, uh, you know, the Tigers of Clemson or Alabama to make the big plays. You need the quarterback to do that. And Trevor Lawrence is that guy for Clemson. And I'll be honest, I was the first one I was going to say Trevor Lawrence is going to run into a buzzsaw in the national championship game against the tough Alabama defense. Dude only shut my mouth by throwing, you know, for 20 completions, three touchdowns, and 347 yards. Yeah. You know, I mean, that kid is special. And anytime you got a kid like that leading the helm, 
it's hard to beat. Yeah. It, now, listen, Alabama's got a darn good quarterback no, themselves. In their own right. And so Georgia might have and a good Georgia one, too. But I'm saying Trevor Lawrence might be a one-in-a-lifetime kind of player. And we'll have that conversation down the road. Is just how good is that guy? Yeah. I mean, just is he a generational guy? Uh, that we're looking at right now at Clemson. Uh, off to a good start in his career, of course. I'm going to keep it, get back to college football and the Jimbo Fisher stuff. Really a broad topic, not anyone specific, coming up at four. But we got Ballin' and Fallen coming up next. Stay with us, ESPN 69. All right, so on vacation last week, yep. I rented a car. Okay. And I was like, you know what? Let's rent a Jeep Wrangler. Top down? Yeah. Oh, right. So, I like you it. know, not all the time, but sometimes. And I was like, I'm not like uh, any, uh, I'm not like, I need a Jeep Wrangler. I really want a Jeep Wrangler. I don't look at cars that way. Yeah. Um, like if you really ask, I like the truck I have, mm-hmm. and it's fine, but I don't really like, someday I want a Jeep Wrangler. I really don't say that. Yeah, you don't have those ambitions. Um, I got you. I, I kind of like, um, I get it. I'm interested by the Tesla phenomenon. Yeah. I really am. One of my best friends has a Tesla now. Yeah, so I'm interested with that. Mm -hmm. But even there, I'm not like, I'm saving up and getting a Tesla. Well, you realize when you get a Tesla, your whole uh, whole personality changes. Does it? And you think you're better than anybody else. Well, that's not my best friend. I I mean, I kind of already am like that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You fit right in, man. (laughs) He already has that Tesla mentality. Now just get the vehicle. You're all set. Uh, But anyway, so we got Jeep Wrangler. So we had some fun with it. You know, you take it by the beach. But... On the highway with the top down, it's so if you don't like your family, it's a good thing because you can't talk to them because <laughs> it's like really loud. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know? yep. And so it can be a good thing depending on how you're feeling about your family that day. Uh, you jacked up the music and, uh, you know, so it's fun. But I, I get like why near the beach mm-hmm. you get a Jeep and you top down, you're going like 35 miles an hour, you know, it's, yeah. it's fun. I get it. It's like I understand it. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, know, when these things happen, when. When you get something like that, you get a Jeep Wrangler, and I'm telling you, in Rhode Island, I saw five million of them that week. Yeah. Every car I passed was a Jeep. Everyone's got a Jeep. I just never paid attention to it before. Yeah. And notice it. Well, these last couple of days, Jeeps all over the place. Huh. Everybody's got a Jeep. Yeah. I just don't notice it. I pulled out of a place today at breakfast, and I pull out of there, and Mm -hmm. three cars are ahead of me. Okay. You know what? They were all Jeeps. How does everybody have a Jeep? Like, this is not like a, a Jeep Wrangler commercial. It's like a serious thing. Does Is it like five out of ten people in Jacksonville? Five out of ten people in the States? Five out of ten people wherever own a Jeep? It's got to be a beach thing, man. It's got to be. Because you, you go to you go to like the Midwest, Wisconsin, you don't see a lot of Jeeps. Like, my, my mom had one, but it was like a Grand Cherokee. It wasn't like the one we took yeah, the top yeah, down. Because guess what? The beach style. You're one. not taking your top down in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, now that you mention it, like a couple of my friends that live in Jacksonville, they have Jeeps. So it makes sense. I mean, if you're by the beach, dude, you got to do it. Do you have to? Yeah, it's, it's a Is lifestyle there an alternative thing. alternative to it? Uh, okay, I guess a convertible would be the, the alternative. Um, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like, as far as like the Range Rovers or like the Land Rovers, they don't make them where you can take the top down. No. So, yeah, I think it's Jeep or convertible. Yeah, it seems like, and they're expensive, by the way. They're not giving them away. No. No, no, no. No, they're pricey. And I think, like, the, whatever, they call it, like, the rollover, whatever, you, like, the roll cage thing. Well, yeah, but roll bar? 
Yeah, but you can like roll it over pretty easily, I, I guess. What people oh, say. Oh, really? Um, yeah, well, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, it, it's not very uh, stable. It's top, yeah, there you go. It's very top heavy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, <laughs> took me a little some, bit, but I got there. Uh, everybody in a Jeep is balling, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll give it to them. And I was one of those last week. Uh, what you got for ball, and then we'll uh, we have to con- bridge this segment. What you got? All right, ball. Uh, Brendan, have you ever caught a foul ball or a home run ball before? A uh, foul ball at the uh, Suns game. Okay, but outstanding. But, what about a major league game? No, but still a pretty cool experience. Uh, I say Suns because it was the Suns. Yeah, then, now it's the shrimp. I got you. Well, uh, I've never caught one, um, unfortunately. But this Indians fan went for the triple crown last night of foul balls. First, he had a full cup of beer in his one hand. Second, he catches the foul ball with his opposite hand. So one would assume it was with his non-dominant hand that he caught the foul ball with. Then spill a sip of his beer, and third, to put an exclamation point on it, he gives it to a little fan behind him. Got to do that. I mean, like you almost have to. Does do it get that any better? Now. Oh, you have to. Yeah, cameras are on you, man. Yeah. I mean, you are like the worst person in the world. Oh yeah. If you don't give it to a kid, dude, and especially if one of those guys that like runs after a fall ball and takes away from a little kid. I mean, prepare to get just absolutely roasted yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, it's become a thing. Yeah, like I mean, you don't even thing. go to your job because you're probably fired. <laughs> absolutely. So, right. yeah, I'm not sure the fan's name, but it was all over Twitter, so props to him. That's impressive. That's a Working good idea. Working the triple crown. Full beer, catches the ball opposite hand, gives it to a little slugger. $10 awesome. million dollars in our balling and falling, plus Jimbo Fisher's comments. Got me thinking a little bit about college football culture. Next on ESPN 690. We've got some gags talk coming up in just a little bit, including I want to get into the topic of Telvin Smith a little bit more. I feel like we've dropped the topic totally, but it crossed my mind the last couple of days. Does he pull a 180 here? And now that it's we're all itching for football, and, and i got to believe a player gets mentally ready as well, does he have a change of plans, change of heart? He's still on the roster technically. And what happens with Telvin Smith? I feel like we've shoved the story aside and just said, hey, you know what? It is what it is. He's gone. But should we believe that months later now that we are on the doorstep of the football season? So I want to get to that in a bit. Plus some Jimbo Fisher comments that got me thinking about college football. But before we uh, do all that, we got to finish balling and falling. Uh, balling's easy. Do you stay up for the World Series of Poker all the way through, uh, Weber? No. Yeah, I, mean, I got the final two. I got the two as well. I got the two, and I'm like, this is going to take a while. And it did. It I think did. it was six in the morning, I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They they played a lot of a lot of heads up hands. Yeah, uh, and they so both had like an they even do, stack. The yeah, they were even. By the time they to got start. to two, uh, but uh, Ensign uh, Hossein Ensign, fifty five years old, oldest poker champ in twenty years. Huh. He wins and takes home the ten million bucks. The you were just saying, yeah, it is though. It is. I mean, you'd be oh, twenty two yeah, year old the endurance guy. events like that. Well, I walked out of the office. I said, when Livingston was the guy that got third, and he finished with four million dollars, and I was like. There's not many times, like, I don't say in sports, like, uh, Yannick Ngakwe is going to pay $100 million to play football. Like, I, I don't pull that. I, a lot of people do, like, $100 million to play a game or Mike Trout. But I did kind of leave yesterday, and I was like, damn, that guy just got $4 million to play poker. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's and such he's a, disappointed because he finished third. Yeah. It's such a crazy, quote-unquote, sport, if you want to call it that, because you have, like, your top guys and guys. Like, when I was, you know, growing up, I mean, I remember, like, Phil Ivey was a pretty popular name. Dale Negreanu, um, Doyle Brunson, uh, saying that right, Stuart? Yeah, okay, Texas Dolly, yep. Yeah. So, I mean, they're popular guys, but they go to these tournaments, and they don't necessarily win all the time because, yeah, you have to be skilled. You have to read people, but I don't think there's any other sport out there that quite depends on the luck like you need in poker. 
You know, I mean, it, oh, yeah. there, there is a lot of luck involved Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. Let's be honest. I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I, I there's don't know luck what the in all sports. Are of luck, but but it's pretty dang. In high. terms of luck, I think poker takes the cake. Especially, well, especially with an eight thousand man field. That's the thing. You hardly ever see poker professionals uh, winning this event because there's so many amateurs out there. One who are extremely unpredictable and are not going to play the way the you normal should. Rules. Quote, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. you wouldn't. You, they won't be making bets that you'd expect. And so that's extremely hard to read and figure out because sometimes they're just getting lucky and and busting you because of that. So uh, it it is interesting how it's the marquee event, but it's rarely the marquee guys who are even competing at the final table, much less winning the grand prize. If he played against me, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't need much luck. No. But playing against similar competition or people that know how to play the game, I mean, I got to believe luck's... And I'm, I don't want to take away from what they do. I mean, I, oh, I, I no, can do it, but I, I just got to believe it's 50% of the game. Well, yeah. it, it's a high percentage, but a great example would be Dario Sammartino, who finished second yesterday. And he was short-stacked, meaning he did not have a lot of chips yep. for a large majority of that final table. True. He was always near the bottom. And at one point, he took the chip lead. So, he I did. mean, he was just – he was playing sound, fundamental. He's a professional, yeah. not a big-name professional. patient. Sound game, smart game, not taking giant risks, and it benefited him all the way to a second-place finish. Of course, Ensign had the, the chip lead, the, a massive chip lead at one point at that final table where he had more than the other five or six guys that were there left over. Um, and so the odds obviously go in his favor to win it, and he did. All right, how about some Fallen? Fallen. Uh, big Baller brand has turned into Big Faller brand. I'm oh, sure Stuart appreciate that I pun did, yes. there. Um, big Baller brand has reached a new low, Brent. What started out as a company that was selling shoes for over $300, uh, selling sandals for 190 bucks and shirts for 50 bucks. Well, if you head on down to your local volleyball tournament, you may see the fire sale going on right now with Big Baller brand, like the one happening in California. Everything must go. Uh, their t-shirts are going for five bucks a pop, hoodies for 15 bucks, and check out this package. A hundred bucks gets you a pair of sneakers, a shirt, a hoodie, and a pair of socks. You can't afford not to take full advantage of that deal. Um, please also note they're only taking cash. They don't accept cards. But uh, big baller brands kind of no returns. Kind of fallen uh, by the wayside. I'm going to stay with basketball. My fallen as well, and it, it's got to do. You know, this FBI investigation of college basketball has loomed now for better half of 18 months. I think it feels like it's been that long. Well, Chuck Person, former Auburn assistant, he won't get prison time uh, in, in in the findings with him mm-hmm. uh, in a bribery scandal. Instead, sentenced to 200 hours of community service uh, and a two years probation. And the judge said no purpose for incarceration. Uh, but one, I wonder if the they've been lenient with the guys that were caught. I don't know what kind of message that sends. I don't know. You know, it's debatable whether how just it is, whether it's prison time or not. But if you're trying to send a message, your FBI took a long time to do this with college basketball. It would try to dig up the dirt on college hoops. Or is something else coming? And Dickie V, Dick Vitale, I think tweeted yesterday or in the last couple of days, it said his sources say there are some schools that are going to get penalized big time coming out of this, and it's on the way. Uh, again, Ooh. does that happen? I'm waiting for it. That's the thing. So the fallen part is, yeah, the NCAA hoops is still kind of stuck in the middle of this thing. 
But when are we going to get a result here? Like, I, I, I understand that Chuck, per, like, Chuck Person goes to prison. Doesn't change college basketball. So if it's a community service, eh, fine. I, I get what the judge is saying. But what's going to happen other than Rick Pitino? Nothing has really happened to anybody so significant that's woken up the sport, in my opinion. Not yet, even though we've had this discussion about it for a year and a half. I would say, do you think that the game is what's going to dole out the punishment in the fact that these guys aren't going to get jobs again and aren't going to be able to do the same thing? Because obviously that's it, fair. it's not a thing that's affecting John Q. Public to the extent that you know they should go to prison True. for that. And that's a good point. You're right. Mm-hmm. They, they will pay handsomely. With their careers. Well, and by the way, I say but that. You but never, yeah, you never know. In college sports, dude. Yeah, I mean, everyone gets a second chance. They just got yeah. a job in Everyone gets a second chance, Brent. Come on. So. Yeah. You know, it's everything situational. I'm not saying nobody deserves a second chance, but uh, you have a good point, though. I'm not sure you're, it's 100% they won't get correct. And I mean, people, some people want Rick Patino back in coaching. Because mm-hmm. they want to win. There's somebody that might give Rick Patino mm-hmm. a chance. I think it was Dickie V, actually, that might have just pushed for Rick Patino to get back in. So it, I, I wonder where this thing lands. And, and that's I, my I, thing. I want an end game sooner or later to it. And I thought it was coming in the March, in the March tournament, and nothing dropped. So I'm like, okay, FBI, what you got? I mean, flex a little bit here. What's yeah. going on? So, uh, let's see your hand. Well, I'm curious with Dick Vitale saying that there are schools that could be in trouble. One would assume if there are schools that could be facing some kind of suspensions, those would be big schools because the schools that are usually associated with these kind of things Absolutely. are the schools that recruit the big recruits, right? No doubt. So they're going to be schools that are household names that are kind of a staple in college basketball. So that's what I'm more curious about, if these things actually are indeed true. Yeah, the Te- teams in the A-Sun aren't dropping no, probably 50, 100, 250 grand. Yeah. The Arizonas, the Auburns, the Louisvilles have all been mentioned in that circle. Of course, somehow, one way, shape, or form, a uh, person was with Auburn mm-hmm. and Louisville. We know with Patino and Arizona that there's there they've been linked on several occasions. So maybe those are the schools that do get beat up on this. But I'm just waiting for it. Uh, when's it when's it going to fall? Is <laughs> yeah. is really my curiosity here. Uh, all right, let's jump to the Jimbo Fisher stuff, and uh, we might have to bridge this into a, another segment. But of all the things that caught my attention at SEC Media Day so far, and I haven't heard every soundbite from today. But I listened to a lot of it Monday and Tuesday, even after the show at at night, uh, doing some TV stuff and listening. This one caught my attention yesterday, of all things, and it was said by Jimbo Fisher. Take a listen as he talks about the student-athlete in today's world. And I've said this for the last 10 years. I think one of the biggest issues we have in in college athletics today is mental health. I truly believe that because I think the guys are facing unbelievable pressures they've never faced before. And I think the ability to use psychologists, sports psychologists, and things early in our careers that that we use, we use a lot of the same people in in that regard. And I think he was ahead of himself in that. And I've always believed that and and kind of did that. But I think that was one of the things that I think he does a really good job of that I think that we still do and I believe in wholeheartedly. Because these kids are facing because of this and the social media and expectations and, I mean, the world we're in today, it wasn't like when we played. And everything you do is magnified, I'm going to say, a thousandfold. I know that sounds crazy, but I believe that. And how to deal with the pressures of today and have release because I think you know the thing we talk about with kids and I think from this standpoint I'm going, I'm going off on another little tangent on my own boat. We want them all to be perfect. We want this, but where does a kid get to be a kid? Where does a kid get to that release of the pressure of not being under the microscope of everything he does? And so, well, that's part of it. Well, wait a minute, it is part of it. But that kid still, his mind is still 18 years old, or 17 years old, or 19 years old. That you have to learn to deal with that. And I think 
learning the, you know, from the mental health side of that and learning to deal with that, I think, was one of the biggest things. Well, that's Jimbo Fisher. Again, number three recruiting class. Texas A&M coach. He recruited like crazy in Florida State, Tallahassee. Look at all the guys who went to the NFL. Telvin Smith, Jalen Ramsey, all the rest of them. So I'm watching this last night and listening. And to me, I feel like I'm the mom and dad on the couch. And Jimbo's, and my kid's a stud football player. And Jimbo's recruiting him. I'm like, Jimbo, you, I want to give you a hug, man. I love you. That, that's I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there's two. These kids are under the under the microscope. Yeah. They when do they get a chance to just wind down to breathe? And then in my next breath, I was like, It's your damn fault, Jimbo. That's exactly where I just went. It's your that fault. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not just his not, fault. Yeah. It's, it's college coaches. Maybe more than anybody. It's not even the NFL. It's not pro sports. It's the college game that has allowed this. Let's talk about it on the other side. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, how much fault does the college coaches have for the kids at every level? I'm talking all the way down the youth level now. With all the focus on scholarships and five stars and three stars and year-round training and and specialization. Mm -hmm. I love what Jimbo said. But I wonder if he's looked in the mirror. And I think they should take a group picture of college football and I think even college basketball coaches, but maybe college coaches across the board, especially at the higher level. And they should take a group picture of them all and and maybe they can all look in the mirror. Let's talk about next on ESPN 690. You're welcome to jump into Star Star 690. You know, the thing we talk about with kids, and I think we want them all to be perfect, we want this. But where does a kid get to be a kid? Where does a kid get to that release of the pressure of not being under the microscope of everything he does? I mean, it is part of it, but that kid still, his mind is still 18 years old or 17 years old or 19 years old. You have to learn to deal that. Jimbo Fisher at SEC Media Days on the microphone, and I loved what he said there. And just to get back, this kind of bridges two segments. We just talked about it right before we went to break. Uh, my view is that's an awesome message. I think he's right. It's probably too much. We live in a world where everything's go, 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 and you got to do more, 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 specialize, start younger, bigger, stronger, faster, all these competition. And, and as, as he's saying that, I'm telling you the next breath, and I think we kind of just all said it at the same time when we heard it the first time, is, man, isn't this your fault? Isn't this college coach's fault? For doing this, it, the dollars that are now in sports, the prestige that's now in college athletics, the TV time, the notoriety, the branding, all this that goes on. And I have I've long been a believer and I love a lot of college football coaches and college basketball coaches. I love you. I really do. And this has nothing to do with you personally. But I have said for a very long time, and I believe this as a whole, as a blanket statement, that. College basketball and college football are all about the coaches. It's not about the player. Mm -hmm. It's about the coaches. It's the most egotistical part of sports. It resides in those two sports, in my opinion, because those guys are making $7 million. It's I'm on to my next job, but I don't want you to transfer because I need you to play for me. I mean, it's all it, there's the, the hypocritical nature of, of college football and, and really to a degree college basketball because of the dollars and the different rules and I think is is takes the cake when it comes to that stuff. There's so many different levels of it, but I really want to concentrate on what Jimbo said. Is there too much on a college athlete's plate? Let's start with that. 
It's true. You want me to take it? Or you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead, Austin. So you were the it... one who was a college athlete. I just I played <laughs> Wait, intramural so bowling, Brent. for God's sake. Uh, yeah, there wasn't too much on my plate. So when you're talking about too much on a college athlete's plate, listen, I went to a D1AA school that wasn't known as a football school, right? So from the terms of pressure where Twitter wasn't really a thing yet, we had Facebook, but it wasn't like it is now. I mean, from the terms of pressure... Uh no, I really didn't have that much pressure, and I I don't want to go on this rant here, sound like the old guy who's telling the kids to get off his lawn, but at the same time, it's kind of what I'm leaning towards here is the fact that I didn't like how Jimbo referred to him as kids because you're dealing with a bunch of 18 year old, 19 year old, and 20 year old adults. In my opinion, if you can leave high school, if you can go overseas and fight for your country in the military, um, if you can go get a job and take care of your family right out of high school, then to me, you're an adult. All right. And, and I understand like, Listen, I was the first one to tell you. Like when I was in a freshman in college, yeah, I was young and uh, I had to mature and all that. And there is part of that, but at the same time, I think sometimes that there needs to be more accountability with the student athletes. I understand that there's Twitter and there's Facebook and there's Instagram, and that can be a rough place. Trust me, I know firsthand. When I got knocked out by Greg Hardy in na- on national television, Greg Hardy was trending for a day and a half. Do you know what I did? I went off Twitter. I like. I don't want to see it because it's not gonna put me in the right mindset. It's not gonna provide me with the best headspace. So I just logged off. Um, I think sometimes with student athletes that you know they they get so they get so hell bent on seeing what people got to say about them, whether it's good or bad, and and then that's where you start having the problems of. Uh, of, you know, like of people breaking down or just um, you know, like with the suicides and everything. And I think that it's easy for me to say. On this show right now, saying like, "Well, they need to be tougher." Yeah, I mean that's what anybody would say. But I, I didn't live through that kind of environment. But I think there needs to be accountability with social media. Either set it to private if you're Jimbo Fisher, or make him get off it. I mean, I know some schools who don't allow their athletes to use social yeah. media. You know, I think social media is a privilege. I, I really do. And um, what's more important, winning ball games or going on Twitter and sharing what you did the, the final game? You know. So from that perspective, I think, yeah, I think that the kids have it worse than I did, maybe. But at the same time. Accountability has to fall on the kids as well, or adults, as I like to call them. I, I think this this is really I'm going to get a little theoretical here, but this is serving as more of a microcosm of society and culture as a whole. We're talking about sports, certainly, but you mentioned logging off. Kids don't log off these days. College students don't log off. They're constantly in their phones looking looking for approval from outside, as opposed to doing it from within. And the need for more mental health services and becomes even more prevalent because they're not getting that. They're not having conversations with people. Uh, you know, it, the the art of conversation. Yeah, everything's internal. Everything is internal. Yeah. And, and I feel that personally, too, sometimes where I, I don't talk to somebody for an entire day. And I'm like, man, I just talked to only my dog today. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know, because you send a text and you, you send an emoji Hashtag National Emoji Day, by the way. Um, you, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're shutting yourself off from everybody, and instead of getting that needed mental health, everything's being internalized. And we, we're talking about sports right now, but that's that's an all of culture, in my opinion. Yeah, well, listen, there is a collision here of what Jimbo was talking about and asked about a little bit. As he said, mental health uh, psychologists and just sports psychologists, they are all staff, which is a different issue, how many people are on the staff of a football program. Uh, but... The it, it, there is a collision of mental health in general in the last decade. It's really become um, a topic, and 
well, it's less taboo now. It, Forever, everybody yeah. would just not talk be. about as it. As it definitely should be. And and so there's a little bit of this collision. But I'm trying to take it. Yes. If, if there's mental health, it's sometimes very hard to detect. And in football, especially where it's a macho sport, it's very hard to detect uh, where you hide everything and you, you don't. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of understand the culture there. And I'm not blaming that part on the coaches. Right. What I'm saying, but he's talking about unwinding. He's talking about too much. When you go, when you go play a college sport, what's the, everybody will say this now. Coaches listening right now, what do you tell your kids? If you're going to play a college sport, be ready. Why? Because it's a full-time job to play a college sport. It's a full-time job. Like even, again, I played division two baseball. I was a walk-on. I was average as the day is long. I worked at the radio station, the TV station, to get some extra money. I got paid for some of it, certain amount of hours a week. I did my class schedule. I played ball. And I still think I had my share of fun. I mean, so I think it's very difficult for somebody playing a Division One sport today to do all that because mm-hmm. it's really go to school and play a sport. Yeah. And I'm sure people – you can find time to party, <laughs> all right? You'll find time to mix in the social aspect, but you're probably not mixing it in as much as the other student that's not playing a sport. That's no. probably a fact. But it's the trickle-down is the one that really brings me back to the coaches. These big-time coaches – and sorry, Georgia, but I always use it use you as an example because it's my easiest example. Jake Eason, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, just Justin Fields. Three five-star quarterbacks in a row. In a row. Well, well, don't you think that puts a little pressure on a young kid after you promised him the world for the last three years and saying you're going to win a Heisman and a national championship? Come to Athens. Save the program. Face of the program. Your face will be everybody. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. You're going to be a top five NFL pick. Oh, oh, wait a minute. We got one better than you. Boop. See you later, kid. Mm-hmm. And that's not exactly how it goes, but it's kind of how it goes. No. And because you know why? That coach has to win, and that's how you win. And Clemson and Dabo Swinney, and Swinney from uh, far comes across as this great guy, fun guy, cool guy, great coach. But he just had an example of it. Kelly Bryant. He just kicked the guy off, essentially, or shoved him to the curb because he had a better player, and Clemson had only lost two games under Kelly Bryant. And you know what? It was the right coaching move. But again, these guys are the ones that are creating this culture of you better be Bigger, faster, stronger, greater than the other five star. I mean, when are we going to get to six or seven but, stars? Brent, but you, you're putting these guys on a pedestal because I think culture is a direct reflection of what's going on in college sports, especially football, where if you don't do your job or if some guy comes around that's doing your job better than you, he's going to get more reps than you do. You know, and then that's with a lot of jobs out there. I mean, if you're 27 and two in two years, are you yeah. not doing your job? You're doing your job, but there's a guy better than you. You're gonna get replaced, Brent. I mean, you gotta ask. Is there loyalty? That they couldn't have won a national championship without Kelly Bryant. I think Trevor Lawrence is hands down the better quarterback. So I agree with that. I, and um, I'm not for sure. I, I'm not for sure. I think Trevor Lawrence is the once in a, in a generation type quarterback, and he proved that his freshman year against Alabama. I'm not sure if Kelly Bryant could do the same thing. I, I really don't know. Here's an example: Raptors had the best record in the East. Fire their coach, bring in a new coach. What'd they do? Yeah. They, they, they won. won. They yeah. won the NBA yeah. championship because that's they, a good example of they felt like we could yeah. get better. I, I understand so that's what, what you're did. saying. Mm-hmm. It, you're, you shouldn't shot. Listen, if if ESPN 690 can get to bring two other people in here and get better ratings, yeah. well, then they should. They mm-hmm. make more money and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they might be able to find that. They're not be a lot of defensive ends retiring from the Jaguars yeah. anytime soon. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but So I understand <laughs> that part of it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they create this culture to prop you up, first of all. Like, you're the hero and known to be. There was a time, like, maybe 15 years ago, that 
people went to school and most of those quarterbacks probably stayed and played for two or three years or earned their spot. Well, now all of a sudden the guy's coming in as a freshman, Trevor Lawrence, and playing in his better and I'm telling you what, as good as we talk about Trevor Lawrence, and we just tease, hey, a couple weeks we'll talk, how good is Trevor Lawrence? Is he generational? I'm not convinced there's not a kid coming into Clemson next year that's going to take Trevor Lawrence's <laughs> job. Dabo's yeah. looking for him. He's looking for him. Is right. He's absolutely looking for a guy better than the one he has right now. And that is his job. But right. what I'm saying is they have created that. So yeah. Jimbo has created that. Dabo, Nick, well, all those guys have created this culture where – I'm offering a 14-year-old kid because he might be that five-star that's better than Trevor Lawrence. You know, all but, those things go into play. Brent, they create it, but fans create it, and so does the sports well, media the big as well. business creates it, too. Yeah, it's a I big mean, business that you, creates well, it. Well, you dollars. hear about Alabama gets beat by Clemson, and all of a sudden Alabama's, oh, they don't got it anymore. They fell off the face of the earth because they lost one championship game, and all of a sudden all the hype's on Clemson. You know, like society helps out with that as well. It's not just on the coaches. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's not 100 percent on the coaches, but I do believe they felt they they um, enable that culture. Yeah. Like everything Jimbo talked about in that soundbite about unwinding, and, and again he said he, he gives it to like uh, some team bonding things and stuff like that they created. I get it. I mean, go mm-hmm. to a movie. There's a balance of that, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm telling you, those guys have created this uh, specialization. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't even play another. Find me a good kid in, as a junior in high school that the other coach, basketball or baseball or football, is okay with them playing the other sport. Well, and that's No, they don't want them to. And if you're a head coach and you're complaining about, you know, the, the guys are getting overworked, they need a break, well, then be the change. Be, be the coach that changes the culture and others will follow. There I mean, is it's no as simple as that. In college football. No. There, there is no off-season. You go right into working out after the season's over, into spring ball, into summer workouts, right back into the fall. I guess the big point of it is it's not all on the coaches. Yeah. There's social media. There's different times. There's mental health things. There's there's a bunch of different factors and variables. But I'm telling you, the coaches are part of it. And they help build it. They helped build it. It just happened last night. Yeah. It's over the last 20 years, the dollars and the successes and the pressure to win that have all helped build it, and they are part of it. Well, especially it falls in the coaches, too, and in locker rooms with toxic masculinity. I mean, I've been a part of them, you know, since day one. The, the, the conversations of getting mental health going forward, I think, is, is what's going to help the whole situation out more. I'll to just you, realize that it's cool to share some things if you're not feeling good. I'll give so. you an update on uh, mental health. Uh, there's something that came across today, um, really just statewide, not even athlete-wide, but statewide when it comes to younger kids, uh, just to finish off this topic. And then we'll get to Jag's topic as well uh, coming up. And emojis. It is National Emoji Day. Gosh, I said on the show we'd never do National Whatever Day, and here we go. Here we Next are. Next on ESPN 690. Thank you, too. A lot more confident in, in, in our football team and our coaches and, and administration and everything. It's just year two, you, you know you know a lot more. Um, our players are more comfortable with us. We're more comfortable with our players, and things just seem to be uh, much smoother. Well, that's Willie Taggart. ACC Media Day is underway in Charlotte and uh, Florida State trying to rebound in a big way in year number two. Uh, they will open the season right here in Jacksonville against Boise State on August 31st at night at TIAA Bank Field. So uh, we'll see how Willie Taggart does in year two. I, I will caution every. I am going to be so cautious about Florida State because I went to their media day last year in August. I'm not sure there was anybody in the country that hyped up Florida State as much as I did coming out of that place after those three hours. There were so many. Were you with me, Stuart? I was with you, yeah. I mean, come on. You can at least 
we were, come we, with me on the fact we, that we were scouting out the uh, the parade route in Tallahassee. I mean, the players were so fired up about having Taggart, like almost to the point of not having Jimbo. They were excited about having Taggart. They were excited about this guy's offense, and to see it flop, like was the ultimate wow. I mean, forget about what I I understand. Everything's happy go lucky at media days and spring training and training camp and preseason, everybody feels good. But this had a different feel to it. I mean, I've been to enough of them. (laughs) Man, was I wrong. Holy cow. (laughs) I mean, it was unbelievable how wrong it it went from, like, August 14th when we had media day to when they actually hit the field. It it was just mind-boggling. So uh, something I'll probably always remember uh, when I at least try to hype up a team. Uh, So I will not hype up Florida State this year. They'll say all the right things, which they should. But they're going to have to show us if they're any better uh, than they were a year ago. Uh, emojis, National Emoji Day. How much do you guys use emojis? I don't. You really I, don't use I, emojis? I don't use emojis at all, no. You know, um, part of the reason we brought Austin Lane on the show. Because I'm cool and hip. Was and because I thought with the he was the cool, hip guy. And no. like I'm like the boring, no pop culture, no you know musical moron, all this kind of stuff guy. Well, it turns out six months into this thing, you're way that cooler I'm than way I am. Huh? Than Austin Lane. Yeah, I mean, I mean the I, guy doesn't have Instagram. He no, don't have the gram. Don't have the gram. <laughs> Easy with that. Uh, that's gonna be five bucks in the jar. And anyways. now he's not an emoji guy. Yeah, I mean, probably in the past year or so, I've used emojis twice, and that was on Twitter, and it, it made me violently ill both times I used them. I didn't feel right using them, so I don't. Um, if I do like do like a smiley face, I go like the old school analog one where it's like the 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 col- like semicolon and the 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 smiley face thing so gosh yeah man i just uh that's awful i'm so anti-emoji because i Why? just feel because they're like hieroglyphics and i think that they're they're killing the our language they're, the art of conversation yeah Listen, they're killing the, the art bottom, of you know everybody that says it you know you're not necessarily wrong get off my porch but you can't save it i'm not trying to save it i'm just trying to hey i'm just gonna, People are gonna look do at my, my phone thing. my kid got up this morning sat on the couch looked at the phone for like two hours yeah no, I, I mean I can go on my phone, but I'm not going to use emojis though. I just I just don't believe in them. I think if you have something to say, use your words like an adult. But that's just me, Brent. I'm the uh, I'll use the thumbs up emoji just as a okay a yes. Uh, but that's really about it in conversation. For work, I end up having to use quite a bit, quite a few emojis. My favorite like, emoji is the middle finger emoji. Sure, <laughs> we get that we get like, that one in the old group chat from time absolutely. to time. Absolutely, like, and I can only use it in text because I can't use it on Twitter, even though I'd love to a lot. But it's just probably not a good idea given what we do. I used to drive my friends crazy. I used to do it on Twitter, too, where instead of, like, just putting the emoji, I would put parentheses. Like, so say I'm trying to put smiley face emoji. I put parentheses and spell it out, smiley face emoji times 10 or something like that. So that's what I used to do on Twitter and, like, uh, in our group text. But I stopped doing that because people got frustrated. I I would like to use the poop emoji more. Best soft serve ice cream. Um, Apparently it is. But I actually think it's interesting. I don't believe that. Like, the poop emoji is widely, like, accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, where I can't use the middle finger emoji, yeah. I think, like, the the bosses and, and the company might get mad even though they don't own my Twitter handle. Yeah. But, like, it's okay if you use the poop emoji. Well, you, they put the eyes on it. You, you know, you gave it a character. Heck, it was a character in the emoji movie. Right? Wasn't that a thing? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Did you actually watch the emoji? I, no, I, I, I did not. Gonna say, shame on you. <laughs> I did not, but I saw that it was in the trailer. trying to bring a recap to that movie but on the show. It's a good Halloween outfit now. It's yeah. a poop emoji. Yeah. But uh, that's not a bad one to use. I, You know what else is funny about uh, like the way we, we talk? 
you have to – I learned this on Twitter early on. Like when – what did Twitter come out? 2008 or 9? 2009? Sound right? Uh, about 2009, sec. I think. It's been a second. Yeah. Uh, been a minute. Isn't that what the cool kids say? Uh, it's been a minute. Not a second. I don't know, Brent. You're supposed to be the cool kid. You tell us, man. It is a minute. I'm the guy that doesn't use emojis. Uh, What do I know? But what I learned, like, even if you were kidding on Twitter, really in any walk of life, probably, but really on Twitter, you you are safe if you had put LOL or ha ha, right? It still is the case. Like, you're safe. You can say almost anything you want as long as you put that at the end of it. Sure. Like, that's your safety net. But if you don't, you could be screwed on Twitter. Like, I mean, you're you're in for it. There's no yeah. sarcasm thought on Twitter. No. Well, there is now, though, with the SpongeBob thing. You know, like the SpongeBob where like, you, yeah, you, you, you kind of capitalize yeah, it in the lowercase, yeah. capitalize it. That's kind of the sarcasm font. I've used it before. Have you? I have. Um, well, I like using the emojis now. And I also think there's one more thing about emojis since it's National Emoji Day. Uh <laughs> It's the stopper to a conversation. You know how, like, you need, like, there's one thing about, like, text messaging, and I, I'm guilty of it, too, so it's not like I'm ripping anybody for mm-hmm. it, but, like, you'll text message, and you're like, all right, like, I'm done with this conversation, but do you'll I say, need like, bye, to, have a great day. But do I need to, like, close it out? Yeah. Like, do I need the period at the end of the sentence? Yeah. And so that's you, where the thumbs up or the smiley face or the fist bump. You like the fist bump. I'm a fist pumper. You like to end the conversation like, with the fist bump. But and, don't you feel like you have well, to do it? Yeah, but like, here's my issue. Like, I, I treat, saw this, so boom. I treat text messaging like I was talking to somebody in public. So, like, if me and you are in public, Brand, and I say, what's going on, man, and then we enter a conversation, you don't just give me a fist pump and say, all right, I'm out of here, and that's it. And then fist pump, and well, we go our separate ways. You can, but, like, to, see, that's how I, that's how Dude, I, I don't use emojis. They don't have an emoji for our awkward handshakes. Oh, no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> definitely not. No, absolutely not. But, like, to me, I always tie, like, texting to social conversations that, that I have in person. So that's why, like, I'm not a big emoji guy either because, like, I'm never going to end a conversation with just not saying anything, just fist bumping, like, all right, see you later. But that's just me once again. I know. I'm not the cool one. Sorry, everybody. Favorite emoji, Coos? Probably the 100 emoji. I use that so a lot. So you use that a lot, huh? I don't <laughs> use that one a bunch. Yeah, I, I use it a bunch. But it's like when I'm talking about, like, basketball or something like that, I usually use the 100 emoji. Now, do you say 100 that's 100. That's the 100. Like, I'll like, use do that. Do you yeah. say it, though? Like, even I'm if I'm in a conversation. Do you say 100 or do you say that, that that's 100? I, I probably wouldn't say that in com- normal conversation at all. You don't do that all. on the Drive and Dish podcast? No. That's 100. Bad. Well, because people talk that way. Unfortunately. Uh, say, like, word. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, man. You could lose all credibility. Wait, you can't say words? All, the way you said it just was a little... <laughs> <laughs> I say word. <laughs> it was a little unappetizing well, no, to me. I, like, I did, you know, just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you put it out there. You, you're taking what zero risks that? right now. You're what taking zero that? risks right now. By the way, Kuz last night, I saw all these different videos on uh, 95.1 WAPE. I mean, yeah. You had all sorts of things going this yesterday. Is, this is a fun segment we've been doing over there. Yeah, what were your topics yesterday? Uh, do can guys drink White Claw? And is a relationship where one lives in Nocatee and one lives in uh, uh, Fernandina Beach a long distance relationship? What was your answer to that? No and yes. Yep. You can't, guys, guys can't, can't drink, drink White, White Claw. Claw? I don't oh, know. No, I'm, I'm saying until... like yeah, you can drink White Claw and then that's a long distance relationship. So you're saying yes and yes, yes and yes, yes and oh, I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I confused myself. <laughs> 
Oh, are you guys all caught up with the, first. With like the well, quick question, the, the, the face app. Have you guys used it yet where you get older or something? I don't want to give all it. my pictures to Russia. Is it, yeah, that's the thing. You I know. Watch oh, I haven't done You know, I haven't done it. I'm just wondering if you guys did it. I don't know. Do I didn't do it. You know I've already done it course, like six Brett times. Brett would probably have a picture, picture of a coffin for his just because, <laughs> you know, I saw, he's I up saw there in age. Kuz did it like, can you multiply it? Yeah, so I would. Do, I did it on my photo, and then I did it on the photo, and then I did it on that photo, so it was like oh, extra old. Yeah. Just it looked disgusting. Just think about how much time Kuz has on his hands. <laughs> like he had to save the picture, bring it back in, probably do it again. Yeah. Save the Screen picture, time. bring it back Screen in, time. do it again. That's quite the commitment. <laughs> the thing, the things we do for a lark sometimes. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to emojis. Well, says the guy who's got like two cutouts of ourselves <laughs> right. right behind us. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Kuz brings up a topic. We'll get to it. Uh, I want your thoughts on it, but really want your thoughts if you're listening anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kuz brings up, what emojis would you give the Jags uh, players? We're not going through the whole roster, but I just put out there on, on the feed, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Fournette, uh, Yannick, Foles, and Calais. Mm-hmm. What uh, emojis would you use for thy, those five players on the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'll get into that. Madden ratings. We are resetting the Madden ratings. Get the kids close to the speakers because we're going a little uh, new school today. Yeah, we're new school. Some of the talks new that we're school doing. 20 minutes. Yeah. Here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. National Emoji Day. What do you got for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Five players. Ramsey, Foles, Fournette, Calais Campbell. Who's the other one? Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. Sorry, Yannick. forgot him about him already. Yep. <laughs> oh, it just keeps piling on the the disrespect. What do you got on the whiteboard? Weber? We got ah, the uh, th- thumbs up and arm, strong arm emoji, which I realize kind of looks a little phallic, so sorry. Nice nice work. Sorry, sorry, world. <laughs> yep. When I first started doing it, I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> that looks like, yeah. this is not right. Is that the Lombardi trope? No, no, that's uh, something worse. But, yeah. That was a nice try. Yeah, I'm not, I'm no artist. I can, yeah. I have learned that. My sister got all the art genes, and I got all the sports genes. So, I'm at least happy. the cricket ones. Yeah, all the sports. Uh, Specialized and darts, um, and soccer. Wide variety. The NASCAR too. NASCAR as well. The uh, all right, emoji time. Emojis. Emoji time. I got foals. You know what I would do for foals? What are you gonna do? I thought about doing the hmm one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I like the foal. I, I'm confident in foals, but I'm gonna do the eyes one. Okay. All eyes on Foles. Okay. I like okay. the lo- looking eyes, sure. All right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of speculation with what this emoji means. I say it's intriguing, but people are saying it means person bowing. I don't care. Um, if it's called the person bowing one, whatever. But basically, it's a guy that has like his head on his hands, if you can see him in the video, and he's like checking it out. He's like, hmm. All eyes on Foles. So kind of the same kind thing. Of similar. Okay. Yeah. He's like, he's very, he's very intrigued. I put a championship trophy because this is the Super Bowl MVP, folks. So I put that nice trophy. Very good. Don't forget it. For our guy, Foles. All right, uh, next up. Is the easiest one, Yannick? Yes. Money? I don't know, Brent, is yes, it? Let's just run right oh, you it. put money? Yeah, you got to put money. I'm glad you put money. Well, I, and you put a zero. I didn't put a cross. I didn't cross out the money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could have put the, what's the what's the do not? Yeah, the yeah, circle, yeah. the cross And out. then the money. Well, unless yeah. there's like a prove it emoji <laughs> where Brent would put down. But okay, we all oh, agree man. with the money. Yeah, Stop ba- making this out. Big bag of money. 
Yeah, he I'm just messing. I'm going to get to camp, and Yannick's going to show up, and he's going to punch me in the face because <laughs> you uh, Dude, I got keep saying I don't want to get paid. But, yeah, I, That's not I, have true. The, I have the money bag, I have the debit card, and I have the cash as well. So I do like – this is another one I like to use, though. I like the uh, the the face emoji with the money green tongue. The money tongue, And the yeah. gr- green eyes, the money eyes. It's not, I guess not green, but money eyes. So I could have used that one. Okay. I use that quite a bit. Uh, Jalen. What you got? I put the hundred. That's a good one. Yep. I did the uh, guy keeps it real. I did the blue silhouette of a face sideways, exclamating things. Talking. Ah, yeah, dude. Uh, like so talking. Yeah, the talking guy. Brent. I've actually got the I, I got the shades on. Okay. Shades guy. Okay. You know, I almost did the hug one. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on good terms. <laughs> now that I'm on block. Or like a yeah. block. A block symbol. Well, well, yeah. and is, is the shades coming from he's, he's a cool customer or is the fact that he might be a little more low-key now coming into this season? Yeah, that's a good point. I was more a cool customer. Okay. Everything's ch- every, He's got nothing to worry about. Got gotcha. Jalen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, all good. Yep. Cool. But that could have been the way. Yeah. Because he's been a little low-key this year. Yep. Just chilling on the beach, perhaps. Probably not. Uh, who else we got? Fournette. I have the fingers crossed emoji because I think that depending on how he does is depending on how the Jaguars do this season. They need a good year out of him. If they can have that, they can have a great season. So fingers crossed that he does well. I did the guy getting his head massage because every time I hear his name, it makes me want to rub my forehead and be like, <laughs> what in the world is going on? I've got a different tact on, on this one. I have the wink emoji. Okay. And here's why. Because I think everybody is saying all those things. Fingers crossed, scratch your head, oh no, about Leonard Fournette. And I think Leonard Fournette, and I believe, he's going to have a nice year. Okay. And so he's like, don't worry, I got this. Got it. You I keep like it. doubting me. Yeah. And I got this, so I'm throwing the wink at you. Okay. You keep, he's almost like he welcomes that right now. Mm-hmm. You keep fingers crossed. You keep scratching your head about me, and you waiting to see what happens. That's where I'm going right. on Fournette uh, as we head into this season. Uh, final one would be Calais. This is a tricky one. It wasn't oh, that no. Hard. It wasn't that hard for me either. No? No. What did he, what did he got? Well, that was, I, saved my, I was saved my hug for Calais. <laughs> <laughs> you can give more than one hug out if you wanted nah, to. No, I didn't want to do that. Okay. Uh, I mean, hey, Calais just want to give him a hug. Yeah. I have, uh, I have the top hat because okay. he's the mayor. And, okay. I, and I also have an anchor because I feel like regardless of what happens this season, he's the anchor on that team. He's the anchor on that defensive line. I like and, and I mean anchor in a good way. You know, he keeps everybody together. With all respect to Calais, I love Calais. I did the frog emoji. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Stuart, shame on you. That's very good. Shame on you. That's appropriate. Okay. That's all right. Love okay. Calais. Love him. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes would get the same one. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, there's something to be said with playing with that guy in the huddle and having him call the plays, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like fourth and one games on the line, and he hey comes guys, in to we call. Need to go get a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then Travis Kelsey's been on record saying, like, sometimes he just kind of laughs to himself a little bit, saying how his voice is so ridiculous. And, and that's what's interesting. Like, Mahomes, you kind of come across that way, right? Like, Tyson's voice is unbelievable that yeah. that can come out of that body and a guy so violent. It, so it's like, you never get used to it or believe it. You yeah. really can't. Every time Mike Tyson talks, I think even Mahomes. Now, Mahomes is still fresh. So maybe mm-hmm. two years from now, three years from now, we, we get used to it. See, I kind of feel like Calais, at least around here, although it's acknowledged, it's almost, it, it could be a little different take for me because I, you know, do the show with him. So I'm around him quite a bit. But I've heard it so much and it sounds normal to me. So it's not well, like when Calais talks, I'm not like, 
man, that's a crazy, you know, but I think if you, you, the first few times you hear him, see him, maybe even the first year he was here, sure. you're kind of like, you can get by the voice. Yeah. Well, the great thing is, is with Calais, it's a, it's a badge of honor. It is. You that's know? true. It's that's from all the yelling too. and the, you know, the, ah, that's. Well, and it fits. He's a model oh, yeah. of a man. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's got this voice, you know? Yep. No, it's, <laughs> and it's such it's an amazing very voice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, it's he's, interesting. He's got that gravel in his voice. Anybody else on the Jacks team, they don't have, like, different voices you know we like, had a great one with mercedes had a terrific tracking voice we did, he did we, we used did an open yeah, we used one time. to do an open for us but nobody i'm talking good or different i wouldn't say bad but yeah i can't think of anything out of my head. we've interviewed a lot of players over the years yeah. and not too many jump out at me no. mercedes did have a very good voice yeah you know david garrard we talked to him a lot about calling plays and you have to find that's why he says 80 80, 80. the yeah. one with because the case it, it's like there's you can go deep with 80 and that I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. That's why he says eighty. Huh? And a lot of them use it. Bortles use it too. Well, yeah. coffee from Camden County oh, slash Reigns. Great best voice. voice in the business. Hey, let's talk some more Jags. I want to get on the Telvin Smith topic when we come back on ESPN six nine. You know how hot it is. This is how hot it is. It poured like a son of a gun here at the station, like around one thirty. Mm-hmm. One of those deals where like, I ain't afraid of the rain. Now, sometimes I don't want to get my hair messed up, but I'm not afraid of the rain. But I wasn't getting out of the car in this. I mean, this was like monsoon rain for, yeah. for a good 10, 15 minutes. At like 20 minutes later, I went outside. Everything's dry. Yeah. <laughs> everything's dry. Like yeah. there were puddles like three inches deep that I was walking through. It's like it never even happened, right? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Welcome to Florida, I guess. Well, if that goes That's in, what everybody's saying right yeah. now. Hi, Brent. Welcome to Florida. But, but if you're in St. Augustine, as I found out at Flagler, uh, that water's going to last there a long time. <laughs> well, that's true. That someone, someone could have spilled a 7-Eleven big Slurpee cup in the parking lot and that city would have flooded. Dude. Apparently. St. Augustine, that was rough times. Yeah, when you're man, late for class I, and it's I, raining I, like that. I was there. Oh, uh, boy. When we sat there, my shoes were soaking wet. When you were telling me you were walking across the street, I was as I was talking to you because I was we were already up at the top and I could see where you were coming from and I was like, "There's no way he's getting across the street." Oh, I got across. I wasn't happy, but I got across. Well, that day it rained for a while oh, yeah. though, too. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but Saint Augustine will do that. But no, I mean, I know regardless. it can, uh, but uh, it did rain quite a bit. Uh, anyway, it looks like it's going to rain. Maybe we might have round two coming up Bring here it in, on. In, in just a, a little while. Uh, Jaguars are a week away from reporting. Uh, we're going to get into the Telvin Smith topic in just a moment. Uh, by the way, we will share some news tomorrow. Won't be big announcement kind of news, um, but it will be, at least it's big internally. But uh, there is some news, and I think that has some uh, interest for the Jags fan as well on a couple of different levels uh, that should be coming out tomorrow. We'll share that with you. We're starting to get a lot of our fall lineup ready, both here on radio and on TV. And uh, as the Action Sports Jacks brand gets bigger than it's ever been before, and uh, we venture into this first football season on the radio side, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. But we have some cool stuff to tell you about. Uh, that will begin tomorrow. It won't end tomorrow, but uh, we'll put all the plans out in the next uh, week or so. So stay tuned, as Shad Khan would like to say. Stay tuned. Uh, we will have some information for you tomorrow here on the show and before on uh, ESPN 690, CBS 47, and Fox 30. Right now, maybe if you're home, sitting on the back porch, listening to ESPN 690, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Justin Cousart, maybe a little happy hour horn brought to you by Vita DeLuis.
grab a drink, get a shot, and tip your star tenders. Please do. Don't forget to tip the star tenders. Yes. Thank you, uh, thank you for calling them star tenders. A locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville, made in tequila, Mexico, and shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita de Luis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. Recent 94 rating for our friends at Vita de Luis, so congratulations to them. They've got some big news coming up in the month of September as well, uh, going out to California with the brand and also... Um, some variations of Vita de Louis coming up in the month of September. So make sure you check them out on VitaDeLouis.com. All right, Telvin Smith, I posed the question at the top of the show. So let's uh, get to it right now. I believe that we have maybe been, this is totally me talking, I believe we've been lulled to sleep a little bit by the Telvin Smith story. It was such a topic for a while. I mean, heck, it broke on, on the show. I remember like 3.15 one Thursday, and it became a topic for days and days and, and weeks, and then it kind of went away. It was like, okay, it's it's gone. It, it's happening. It's official. Well, you know, I've never seen a press release from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I don't know if they would press release something like this to say, Telvin Smith's not playing. We know there's been communication, at least some parts with some of the coaches. Todd Wash acknowledged that. But there hasn't been an admitted communication between the front office and Telvin Smith Mm -hmm. by either side. There's been some odd, I think you would say, Instagram posts from Telvin Smith, although that's even died down. There hasn't been anything in a couple months, I don't think. Uh, I hear he's in Jacksonville. And I just thought about it yesterday. I'm like, have we put this thing to bed too early? To say Telvin Smith is not going to play in 2019. There's a couple of ways to look at it. One, I'm just asking that question. Don't take this a different way, though, and this would be view two, is, wow, we really need Telvin Smith to come back. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a feeling in, in Jags headquarters that we need Telvin Smith to come back for us to be a successful football team. They've got a lot of good players on defense. It would help. Yeah, certainly but, he's a Pro Bowl guy. Yeah. I'm not sitting here, to, and I'm also not going to, to the third angle on this. I'm not telling you they don't need Telvin Smith at all. They're better off without Telvin Smith. I think that's foolish. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, as you get closer to the season, as we're a week away from report day, as you've now missed OTAs and you missed uh, mandatory minicamp, he was fined for mandatory minicamp. He acknowledged that. In fact, that was the last time I think he said something on social media. When does he change his mind? When does he say, you know what, you know, I miss that part of it. Um, I, I miss football. I've got things taken care of maybe quicker than I, I thought I would. What's the chances Telvin Smith reverses course and shows up at some point? I'm not saying he's going to show up next Wednesday, but at some point before final roster moves are made and the Jags ultimately have to make a decision and they have to be they have to designate as him as something uh, for the 2019 season. So, granted, this isn't the same set of circumstances here, but when Jacksonville caught me, and then I went to Kansas City, and then I got released from Kansas City after the fourth preseason game before the final cuts, and I was just kind of in limbo, just waiting to see what was going to happen. And, you know, I was watching the Jaguars on TV. I was watching the Chiefs on TV, um, especially so fresh out of the game. It's a hard thing to process because 
and like we've talked about before on the show, it, it's a game that you've been playing since you know you're in fourth or fifth grade of, of the game of tackle football, and all of a sudden it's not there anymore. And and you watch your peers, you watch your brothers out there on the field, you know, making plays, having fun, and you're on the outside looking in. Now, to get back to Telvin Smith's standpoint, he chose to do this, right? And um, by all understandings, it, it was for the betterment of him um, as, as a person and for his family, which there's no knocking that whatsoever. Good for him. You know, he had to get himself right and get his family right. That's, um, you know, that should be very, that should be commended. Uh, at the same time, you know, you look at what he walked away from. You, you walked away from a defense, all things considered, it's probably the funnest defense to play in in the entire NFL because as an outside linebacker, you have that defensive line that's going to keep the keep the linemen off you, that's going to keep the running backs off you. You have the secondary that's got your back, that flies around, that can cover you. So being from an outside linebacker perspective, um, that's your dream to play in, right? And then, you know, think of a guy who absolutely, by all things considered, loves the game. You see that he was the vocal leader when, when he played for the Jaguars. Um, you saw the motion pour through him when he gave Puzz his retirement speech. You know, the, the guy loves the game of football. So it's one thing to be sitting through OTAs and been like, yeah, I made the right decision just because it's OTAs and you don't really learn anything. It's more for the rookies to get acquainted with. Um, it's very mundane. It's the dog days of spring. You go the dog days of summer through training camp where you're going against the same teammates every single day. It gets bland. It gets rough. It's 100 degrees outside. It's miserable. But then all of a sudden, you know, when, the, when that first, second preseason game comes around and you, you put the, you put your jersey on, you, you put the uniform on, you put the helmet and it's clean and it's not scratched up and it's glossed over. It looks good. Something just kind of clicks in you. Like the first time you put your pads on and you put the uniform on where it's like, Oh, this is why I play the game. This is what it's all about. And sometimes it takes going through those three or four weeks of hell during training camp to remind you that when you start playing in the preseason game, it's like, ah, that's the that that's the smell. That's the look that I've been looking for. So to say Telvin's not going to come back, it, it's it's you know I'm not saying he's not going to come back, but I think he's definitely going to miss it. And listen, it's hard for me to speak from somebody else because I'm not in his mind. But I'm just saying from my perspective, from the from the guys that I've been around in the locker room. Um, once you're on the outside looking in, man, it's 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 hard just to sit back and just watch it, especially when you have the choice to to go back to the team. Yeah, and if you put it that way, a lot of things you just said. Yeah. I, you know what I take away from that? <laughs> Listening to you talk. Yeah. Like, how does he not change his mind? I know. How does he not? Like, think about something that you absolutely love, whether it's diet coke, a big steak dinner, mm-hmm. going to the beach surfing. Whatever it might be. This guy we know loves to play football. He loves to play football. It's not a job, mm-hmm. right? It's not. Some guys, you've been in a locker room. Some oh, guys, yeah, it's their job. A job. It's it, a business. It's, it's, they're bringing their lunch pail. Not to say they're slacking off, yeah. but they're go like they're going to a factory to work. Exactly. It's not that they're beaming to get into work. I mean, Calais Campbell loves going to play football. You yeah. can tell. Mm-hmm. Telvin Smith fits in that mold. Yeah. He loves playing the game. Mm-hmm. So now take that thing that you love, again, Diet Coke, steak, surfing, fishing. Fishing Fishing is a great example for a lot of people around here. And by the way, you're going to go fishing and you're going to make $10 million. And you're in good health. Well, we think. We think. And you're going to intentionally not go fishing for a year. Mm-hmm. And... I was going to give you $10 million to go, and you love it. 
it, it really makes no sense. Right? Yeah. You and, would go fishing. And, and I'll be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat things here. I'll be completely transparent. Towards the end of my career, I had coaches I necessarily didn't enjoy playing for. Um, more position coaches. But you know what? When I was on the field, when I crossed those white lines, it didn't matter anymore. Because I was still having fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was like the, the field was my playground. And I was a kid again. Every single time, whether it was training camp, whether it was OTAs, when I got on the field, Everything made sense. And I think Telvin shares that same philosophy. So if there is some kind of inner workings where maybe he doesn't agree with some of the things with the coaches or whatever he's making, whatever. But I think Telvin's the same way that I am. Like As soon as you walk between those white lines, Brent, you get back on that field, you get back on that playground. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, and uh, you still go down that slide. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fun and you're smiling. And, yeah. and that's one thing. We haven't really talked about that off, but maybe that's one of the things. I mean, maybe he doesn't see eye to eye. Maybe he doesn't love the regime. Maybe he doesn't love going at the start of it. But you're right. Once you get in those – I mean, we still have no idea while he why he's actually sitting out 2019. But it isn't official until around Labor Day when they do final roster. Uh, we got some staying in your lane coming up. And if you want to jump in on the Telvin Smith topic uh, or Yannick Ngakwe topic, star star 690 is the number. Well, when executed correctly, um, it's designed to score and score fast and, and, and create a lot of explosive plays. Playing last year and it been the first year in, in a new offense for a, a lot of guys that didn't come there to necessarily play spread offense. There's a lot of learning lessons. Heck yeah, there were. <laughs> That's Willie Taggart on his offense at Florida State a season ago. And, oh, boy, does he hope it's a lot different looking uh, than it was a year ago in Tallahassee uh, completely, but especially on the offensive end. And one thing, uh, you, we didn't mention a lot about Florida State, but they've had a lot of turnover in coaches. He changed a lot of coaches. You know, he, he kept his job. I don't feel like he's on the hot seat. I started the show with that. But he did have a lot of turnover. There were some changes made right after uh, – year one including uh now walt bell got a job i think uh umass it was um and bryles comes in but you almost wonder if that was hey let's find you a job <laughs> walt yeah. bell uh, who was helping him with the offense so we'll see what uh, florida state is able to do the other big story about the acc media days is this acc network you know, I talked a couple of days in a row about the SEC network, how much money it makes and, and what they do. And we had Alyssa Lang on who uh, works for them. And they've had phenomenal success, which equates to dollars for each program in, in school, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the conference. Well, the ACC isn't going to bank the amount of dollars the SEC network is banked right off the rip. But they do project. I think I saw projections were around like four or five million dollars per school. So it's added mon- money. It's more exposure and it's control kind of of the content in a lot of different ways. I thought the cool thing coming out of that, which will launch in a few weeks, uh, they're going to do uh, a documentary, a series called the Bowden Dynasty. So Bobby Bowden and Florida State and all the success, uh, I would assume mostly of the 90s, will be. Uh, on display in that. And the SEC Network does some great films like that, too. I think for the college fan, especially if you're a long-time SEC fan, long-time ACC fan, you get to see some of these stories. And even yesterday, Feinbaum did a, had a long conversation with uh, Titus O'Neil, former Gator. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, obviously, star Pro, wrestler. Star wrestler, yep. It was, it, was, it was a fantastic interview yeah. of just kind of the inner workings, where he came from. Yeah. Uh, talk about a guy who was bullied and mm-hmm. battled depression and suicidal thoughts to become 
the man he is uh, and, and the star he is now in the wrestling world. So you get some really good content on those specific to that conference and to those schools and to the players that played there. And the ACC is going to try to do the same. And so speaking of the ACC, you know, I mean, I think the talk of the of the media day would be Clemson. I mean, can anybody top them? I think Syracuse is a little intriguing. Where, yeah, they are. You know, they, they kind of get Clemson run for the money Dino last Babers, year. You know, interesting guy. And they're kind of doing it underneath the radar a little bit. Syracuse formerly known as a basketball school, is kind of starting to make some waves in, in football now, especially with that high-powered offense. But uh, I came across an interesting stat, which I couldn't believe I had to read it twice. But did you know in the Coastal Conference of the ACC, the past six years, six different teams have won the the, the, the Coastal uh, part of yeah, the ACC. The division, yeah. yeah, the division. Uh, the one team that hasn't won it yet is Virginia. Huh. So And Virginia is slated to be uh, one of the top of the division this year. So Miami won it last year. Uh, did Miami win it last year? Or did Virginia? I can't remember ah, that. Yeah. I forget. See, now, now you set yourself up. <laughs> no, Miami might have won it two years ago. Yeah. Um, but the crazy thing is Miami still never won the ACC championship. Right. That's nuts. Yeah. You know, when they formed the ACC and when Miami got into it, they thought it was going to be Florida State, Miami, Florida State, Miami, Florida State, Miami every single year. <laughs> Certainly didn't pan that way for uh, Miami no. over the last couple of decades. Uh, more ACC talk, more college football talk, more Hurricanes talk tomorrow. Uh, because there's a lot of local flavor uh, with Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Shaq Quarterman, one of those guys from Oakleaf, he'll actually be at ACC Media Days on Thursday. So to answer your question, Miami did win it in 2017. So they, 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 they won their division. Yep. Okay. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Stay in your lane time. Yeah. Let's get to it. Cruz, hopefully you got my audio ready. So he does. Stay in your lane. Cruise control. Playing around with emojis. And in, in, in the world of... Uh, he just gave you the middle finger emoji. Eh, probably. That's all right. I'm used to that. Uh, maybe you can use the salmon and tangerine marmalade emoji for a shirt. Uh, let's go to the Kalamazoo Growlers. What's a growler? Couldn't tell you. But um, six-year-old Coach Drake, which he only has one name because he's six years old, wasn't happy with the call against the Wisconsin Woodchucks yesterday. Check this one out. Arguing with the home plate umpire, Rob Minter, and Edel does not look happy. Here comes a signature move. Uh-oh, he might get tossed. And he's gone. Oh, no. He just say, I'll be right back. Was that the I'll be right back finger? But he does not look happy. Oh, he's holding two bats. Oh, no. I think he's going to try and get dirty with the playing surface. Oh, there goes one. There goes two. I think the players in the background look like they're in disgust. They don't like that their manager just got ejected. And Drake's letting them know. Oh, here comes more bats. That's now four. He has a bucket of balls now. What is he doing? Biggest outburst we have seen from Coach Drake in a long time. Now he spikes the bucket. What is going on? He is not happy at all. This is the most anger I've ever seen out of a six-year-old. So, an What's assistant coach. Kid? I an, keep seeing this. Yeah, so an assistant coach, uh, Coach Drake, he was six years old. Um, I guess, obviously, it's one of the sons of either a manager or a player. Uh, stormed the field. I think it was a little set up. But um, my issue is, hey, announcers, could you get a little more pep in that step? Uh, I mean, what are we, are, are we calling a chess tournament? Are we watching a six-year-old go absolutely ballistic on an umpire? Get a little enthusiasm going. Yeah, I think he needs a little more energy. Yeah. But what, do you know, I keep seeing this kid pop up. Is it the yeah. same kid? Like he, like he went out to the mound yeah, like, yeah. a couple, like last week too? Yep. Yeah. Well, what's the story here? I got to look this thing up. I'm not sure of the story, but he, like I think they like let him do, do it, it and then saw that it was so viral that they're like, well, we got to keep it going. It yeah. Where was it? Uh, that was in... 
Kalamazoo, Michigan. So it's probably so it's an independent league. Yeah, it's the Northwoods the Nor- Northwoods League. If I'm okay, not so it's independent league. Independent if, league. If yeah. you can you can do anything in independent league. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> in fact, I, I could get that bat. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Or maybe even take them out. Let's make some phone uh, calls. What you got for pump? Your make bricks. it happen. Pump your bricks. Uh, the New Jersey Devil might be the most aggressive mascot in all of sports, Brent. Um, in a world where Tampa Bay dropped their Devil Rays, uh, because of the negative connotation. The state of New Jersey just said, nah, we're all good. Better yet, let's make a mascot that looks exactly like him. Uh, the devil, that is. NJ Devil found himself at a kid's birthday party. Number one, come up with a better name for your mascot, NJ Devil, not very unique. And number two, parents, find a better way to not to traumatize your kids with a devil at your kid's birthday party. But during the party, the kids were playing with a giant parachute when NJ Devil took off and didn't see where it was going and actually <laughs> smashed through a window. Here's the audio. We got audio. <laughs> Nailed it. uh, I think a concerned parent went nailed it. Yeah, so basically the the devil takes off and doesn't see where he's going, I guess, and literally runs through a giant glass window. Um, Definitely check out the video uh, if you're on Twitter or Facebook because it it is one for the ages. But um, so many things wrong with that video, Brent. Like, I'm not sure if I'd have the New Jersey devil at my son's birthday party. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good idea. Uh, You know what I thought of when that broken glass, you know how like in a minor league baseball game to tie these two together yeah, in yeah, the stadium, nicely done. Uh, you know when you hit a foul ball and at the minor league baseball game they'll have the glass breaking sound yeah, like yeah, it hit yeah. somebody's car yep. or broke a window or something like that. Yep. That was pretty much right on cue. Well, see, that to glass me, breaking. it reminds me of Stone Cold Steve Austin because every time his entrance came out, it was the glass breaking, which he was so famously known for. But Though I would say... Had to get wrestling in the show. Whoa, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't have been happy with the, the devil mascot being there, but like if I were that young and like the Philly Fanatic was at my birthday party, I'd be pumped. It's cool, man. But yeah, the, the devil's just a... It's a little different, I feel like. Yeah, but I guess if you're a fan of, like, the He's team. kind of a clown, though. Man. I had a clown, like, at my fourth, fifth birthday party, and it traumatized me. Really? I, I'm not a fan of clowns, and Mom didn't pick up on the keys because she had a clown there making balloons, and I was not impressed. So, so a lot, there are more people oh, like a, that than you think. Brent, the, it's not a, just it's clowns, but mascots yeah. in general. Yeah. But I think clown kind of has its own separate yeah. uh, category, Yep, and you're in it. I'm in it, yeah, so much when I worked at the Ronald McDonald house. Did, did I, in a roundabout way, just call him a clown? You might have been. I mean, you play that back. It. If you, you just caught that mid You hear the word clown, I just shut down. So, so but, what were you saying at Ronald McDonald yeah, house? Yeah, so my first week in town at the Ronald McDonald house, we went for some charity work, and um, word got out that I was afraid of clowns, so a couple of other rookies, including DeAnthony Smith and Deji Kareem, took it upon themselves to tell Ronald that I was afraid of clowns, so Ronald sunk up behind me and, like, tried to surprise me, and I literally almost jacked him in the face in front of a bunch of kids. <laughs> Not even lying. That actually happened. So and there, there's a picture of me on Facebook somewhere with me, with Ronald, and, like, all the other players, and I do not look impressed, to say the least. It was your first win. It's outside the, first the cage. Yeah, exactly. It almost was. Almost my first knockout ever. <laughs> Ronald, you better watch your back. That would have been classic. Yeah. We do have Madden ratings. We're resetting them. So if you don't like the Madden ratings that they put out, we're taking the top ten and reshuffling, or at least regrading, if it needs it. We also will tell you why, or at least I will, will tell you why you should wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. That's next on ESPN 690.
Hope your Wednesday is going well, everyone. Thanks for checking us out on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin along with Austin Lane. Coos here as well. Action Sports Shacks, Stuart Weber, Marcel Robinson stopping by earlier in the show. Marcel just literally stopped by. He didn't uh, actually check in on the microphone. Uh, why should you get up so early tomorrow morning? I was just going to say, uh, that's pretty early, Brent. You're asking a lot of, a lot of people here. The Open Championship. That's golf. So it's at what time? No, I understand that. What time does it start at? I think the first tee time is 5.09. I'm all set. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Ty was so excited today. He was telling me, he's like, you know the sun comes up at 5.09 over there and doesn't go down until 9.24? Dang. I was like, wow, that's a long day. It's a fun fact. Uh, that's a lot, a lot will, of play time. Will you be up first thing in the morning to watch it, be honest? Well, Tiger doesn't go until about 10 tomorrow. Okay. But Tiger, I think, goes at 10 past 5 or 5.15 or something like that on Friday. So if I'm answering this honestly, I would say I probably won't be up at 5.15 tomorrow. Uh, but I will probably be up about 6.30. Okay. And then I think at 7.30, I'm going to go play nine holes myself. <laughs> uh, but on Friday... I would say by 5.30, I'm up watching. And, and th- that could depend on how Tiger does in round one. Yeah. So, and this but is, I uh, love, my, the moral of the story for me is I like getting up and watching this. Like when the Ryder Cup's overseas and you got to get up early, I like watching it. And this is taking place in Northern Ireland, correct? Northern Ireland, yeah. Okay. Are we going to make our picks today? Yeah, we do. Yeah. I forgot to kind of tell you that. You did. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going over some faces right now. We can now. do it uh, after the, the next break. We'll give you a yeah. commercial to do it. So we'll Sounds do our good. picks uh, a little bit later on. Um, I I told you this yesterday. Tiger Woods, to me, isn't much of a factor in this one. Mm-hmm. He talks about his game not being as sharp right now. Uh, he didn't go over until Sunday. He's only played a couple of practice rounds. The weather got, I think, bad over there today, so he couldn't even play a practice round. He just doesn't sound confident in his game, mm-hmm. and I don't like the fact that he hasn't played this course. So there's not a lot of history there. And I think, you know, when you get to – I mean, Tiger can beat you a lot of different ways over yeah. the years, but I think one of the the reasons we see guys that have played well older in age – at various majors is because of their knowledge of the place. And so when you don't have that knowledge, I think that's, uh, that really hurts the older guys, if you will, even at uh, 42, 43 years old. So I don't like Tiger Woods. Uh, I'll, I'll have a pick in a little bit, but it won't be Tiger Woods as much as I'd love to see him play well. Uh, I don't think we're going to get the great Tiger uh, or even the very good Tiger here this week at the Open Championship. But pretty wide open. It's a fun th- one to watch. It's fantastic if the weather is a factor. Mm-hmm. It, it can be pretty boring, actually, in the Open Championship. Now, I don't know about this golf course if the weather's not a factor because it's all based on weather. Much like the U.S. Open uh, that we talked about at uh, Pebble Beach, the weather kind of stayed down. It was yeah. a bit benign. And at the Open Championship, it needs to blow. You know, I saw some tweets. I think there were guys hitting a three-wood no, three or driver on one of the par threes today. Wow. So that means the wind was right in their face. So that's the fun stuff. Is Phil Mickelson eating food again? I don't I don't know if he has returned to eating. Okay. Something to keep track of as well. I think uh, he might be chewing gum. Okay. Go- oh, tomorrow. yeah. That's right. There. Isn't that a- so Him we, and Tiger really have the chewing about gum. That. It's supposed to be like CBD gum, correct? Have you heard about that? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Is so that what it is? It's supposed to be like CBD gum, and it's supposed to help you focus. 
Really? Yeah. Well, that's I, kind of the rumor. I missed that story. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, that was back, I think, at the Masters, right? When they started doing yeah, that? Yeah, that was when it yeah. got hot. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, that's uh, that's what they're saying. It's like CBD gum. Obviously, it's not psychoactive, so you're not going to fail a drug test from it, but it's supposed to help you focus more. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I can always contribute to the to the golf talk. Yeah, I, did, I didn't hear that. Yeah. And maybe... We should start doing that during the show. <laughs> because that's not going to be annoying at all. That's chewing on the radio. But hey, hey do you want us, us chewing focus, gum or do you want us focused? Exactly. Uh, Can't have works. it both ways, everybody. <laughs> Can't have it both ways. <laughs> uh, no, you, you definitely can't. A uh, couple of things. I, I missed uh, this. I, I teased it. Uh, Kathy would be so mad. And I never sold it on the other side of it. But we were talking about that Jimbo Fisher topic. Yeah. And I think it was a, a it was kind of a deep dive on on uh, it had a little bit of mental health into it. But it was really the Jimbo Fisher's comments from yesterday where he said, "Hey, athletes don't get enough of a break time. You know, there's too much on their plate sometimes." Is what he I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he yeah. said. And our conversation was, whose fault is that? Is that the player's fault? Is that the coach's fault? Um, and then it kind of does bring mental health into it. Well, uh, on WOKV, on the, the 104.5 side of things, uh, Stephanie Brown shared a story where students across Florida will now receive at least five hours of instruction each year dedicated to mental and emotional health. Now, that's all kids. That's yeah, not, yeah, it's not just athletes. athletes. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty interesting tie into what we were talking about. Uh, we were not talking about the mental health side as much, mm-hmm. but uh, we were more talking about the culture in college football and how that trickle down is to to athletes, uh, even at the teenage level. But uh, this article says State of Board of Education approved a new rule Wednesday outlining the requirement which applies to all public school students in grades 6 through 12. And I, I'm not going to deep dive into this topic, but mental health suicide rates, high school, uh, there's a lot of connecting of the dots there. So yeah. uh, five hours of instruction each year dedicated to mental and emotional health. I don't know if it's enough. I I don't know if this even has a political side of things, so I'm not reading that in much into it. I would say on the surface, it's not a bad idea. No, I think it's a great idea. And kind of like I talked about when I was talking about Jimbo, I mean, I... It's hard for me to relate, Brent, because I didn't have Facebook and Twitter when I was in high school. You know, I mean, I thought being a teenager was hard enough, but then you throw social media in the mix and you're adding just a whole nother storm. So um, I think mental health is definitely an important topic, if not the most important topic in, in dealing with youth development. So anything that they can do to, you know, try to improve that whole scene, I'm all for it, you know. And uh, I think the biggest thing you can take away from it is the fact that it's not so much taboo anymore. Like, you don't have to be embarrassed to talk about mental health or if you're feeling depressed because so many people are coming forward now and encouraging other people to talk about it. So from that perspective, I think it's a great thing because you shouldn't be afraid to talk about it if you're going through something that's uh, hard, you know. No, and, and like I do say, though we said earlier in acknowledgement easier said than done especially yeah. depending on what kind of culture you're in yes you know the, the masculinity of an nfl locker room yep. um are you allowed to say i've got an issue here or there yeah uh, you know yes you are allowed mm. but it's again easier said than done uh so i think uh yeah i think this might be a, a good step in, in figuring that out you know the one of the things i think sports does too i was bringing up the titus o'neill story mm-hmm. where he has some issues, and then is a great success story. Yeah, and we don't always see that, but no. we, but we hear about it more and more. Mm-hmm. To your point, we're more and more athletes that are willing to say, "I had this issue, I had this problem, mm-hmm. or I have it," and then they rebound from it. You know, the latest case is, uh, and, and this is a, a little bit different, I think, from mental health. Uh, I think this was more alcohol related. 
is Ryan Leaf. Yeah. You know, no, obviously yeah. the failure of Ryan Leaf Talk led to a, a lot of different story, things. Though. I mean, the guy went to jail, mm-hmm. uh, and now in recent years he's been doing analyst work uh, for the Pac-12 and some other networks, and now ESPN hired him as yeah. an analyst. So and there were, it was a great reaction on social media for people that know Ryan Leaf and yeah. gotten to know Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Uh, always that name put in a negative light. It yeah. was cool to see it in a positive well, light. Well, it's cool because now he has the platform to kind of be like the spokesperson for, like, listen, I was literally rock bottom and look yeah. what I was able to do. Same thing with Titus O'Neill, where Titus O'Neill does a, a bunch of speaking engagements to kids where he talks about being bullied. Um, you know, the, that's one guy who was bullied as a kid and turned out to be something special. And the fact that not only is he using his platform, but he's talking about it, he's being transparent, that's, that's a very admirable quality to yeah. have in somebody. Yeah, the tie into sports, uh, it, it can be beneficial. It definitely it's can. good to see the success stories, too. Not to say they're, they're all success stories. No. But it's nice to hear about uh, the ones that uh, we do get. Madden ratings for the Jags. They got it wrong. We get it right. And the winner of the Open Championship coming up next. Yes, you are. Thanks for checking out the show. A week away from players reporting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. A week and a day away from the start of training camp. Uh, check us out tomorrow, not only here on ESPN 690, but throughout the day on CBS 47, Fox 30, and uh, various social media platforms for a couple of announcements we'll have regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, that will be happening on Thursday. Make sure you tune in TV and radio. Deion Jones, the Atlanta Falcons, just signed the linebacker to an extension. Sure makes you wonder what's Telvin Smith thinking now? You know, if this is at all uh, his his sitting out is at all to do with his current contract. You know, Telvin Smith in 2017 signed a four-year $45 million deal. Uh, $20 million of it guaranteed. Deion Jones just signed four-year $57 million, $34 million guaranteed. So, I mean, not like absurd, mm-hmm. not like C.J. Mosley absurd, right, in terms of being different, but uh, another one to go by. And it's a couple years later. I mean, listen, that's what happens. I mean, that's what happens in sports. Uh, contracts go up, especially these days in the NFL. So I don't really think there's a bunch of disparity there between like that kind of contract. What also is interesting about this deal is not only maybe what a Telvin is thinking, if, there, if there's at all anything going on with Telvin about – the, the, his deal when it got done. Uh, and again, we have no idea. I'm just trying to figure out maybe that's one of the reasons. Uh, Miles Jack, he's due for a contract coming mm-hmm. up after this year. And I think he knows it will help to play this year out before something happens. But that also gives you an indication of where a Miles Jack contract could fit. Uh, Deion Jones, Miles Jack, who would you take? Good question. Give me, you know, it's uh, I think it's more of a boomer bust kind of pick, but give me Miles Jack. Yeah, I kind of feel Miles. I, yeah. I, now I know a lot more about Miles. So, exactly. I mean, I I think, uh, but I feel like I would go Miles. I could, you know, in fact, I would definitely go Miles Jack because if you think about what I've said in the past, I, I thought he was the best player coming out of that draft. Yeah. Uh, even back then. Yeah. So. I think the Jags got a steal in round number two, and I think uh, Miles Jack's on his way to a fantastic career, already off to a good start. All right, we said Madden ratings. Madden came out a couple of days ago. It's been talk. I was like, are we going to talk about Madden ratings? Well, not really what the Jags got. You guys can have fun with that. Yeah. But what they should have gotten, 
instead yeah. of what they got. Well, and could we just We're say, trying to have fun with that one. Could we just say, are Madden ratings probably the biggest promotional tool that EA Sports uses to promote the game? Because think about it. Everyone's so. talking about the Madden ratings. The yeah. players are talking about the Madden ratings. Like, that's free advertising for them. Well, and once again, it comes at a great time. You know, it's yeah. a great time to drop some news uh, yeah. like that. You yeah. know, they're in the sweet spot before everything begins. Everybody's starting to think about football, and uh, so they're no dummies. Yeah. <laughs> so Good timing. So, uh... I pretty much agree with the ratings, except for a few things. Ramsey's obviously number one to me. He's the top guy on the team. Clayus Campbell coming number two. Uh, they had Ngakwe at six, I believe. And I have Ngakwe as my third best player in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, take it for what you want. He's a pass rusher. It's a big commodity. Uh, four, I got AJ Boye, AJ Boye, sorry. Uh, five, I have, since this is Madden, you gotta keep in mind Telvin Smith, cause he's technically he's still on the roster. So five is Telvin Smith, six Brandon Linder, uh, seven Miles Jack, eight Marcel Darius, nine Leonard Fournette, and rounding out the list at number ten is Nick Foles. All right, interesting. Uh, okay, mine's a little different. I yeah. do have Ramsey and Calais. I think they take the top two spots. They had Boye next, I believe. Yes, they had Boye, uh, yeah, they next. Had Boye as third. I put Yannick up there. All right, so same with me then. Then I go Foles. Interesting. Super Bowl winning quarterback, Super Bowl MVP. They've got him in the 70s. Yeah. I think that's a low score for Foles. Uh, I would play off the upside and the high performances a little bit more. And so I'm going Foles to go outside the box a little bit. And then I actually bring Miles into the equation. Okay. And then Boye. Okay. So Boye, AJ probably not too happy with me. But (sighs) I've dropped AJ from third on their list to... Uh, sixth on my list. Yeah. Uh, behind a lot of talent uh, for the Jags. Then I have Marcel Darius. See, I think Darius is the guy that gets overlooked. In that position, can really be an impact player still. That's an important, overlooked, but important part of the puzzle for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Marcel Darius. Uh, then I have uh, D.D. Westbrook. So, okay. uh, you know, I think there's a similar grouping. I left Telvin off. Yeah. And to be quite honest with you, Brendan Linder and Andrew Norwell. I couldn't even really put them anywhere because of their injuries. I had a hard time, like, selling them either way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think where they're rated sure has a lot of potential. That's why I don't get, like, okay, Linder and Norwell rated that way, but Foles is rated, like, 12th or 13th on the Jags. So, well, and then to be fair, like, there's listen, there's no quarterbacks that are ranked 99s for a reason because yeah. when you look at, like, so all the stats that go into making That's the players' right. speed rating. Speed is one of them. Well, yeah, speed, <laughs> strength, agility, like, with all due respect to Nick Foles, I mean, he might not be the fastest guy, the most agile guy, or have the most acceleration. So that can kind of hurt your ranking as well. Hence why Patrick Mahomes is so high. We talked about this the other day, that uh, the rankings change. Oh, yeah. You so, know, week so, to week? Yeah, week to week. That that would actually be the fun one to see where they go, you know? Yeah. I, I look at a guy like Chris Conley, who's like, you know, maybe 15th, 16th on this list. He's rated out of 75. Yeah. And... You feel like, okay, what well, if, that sounds, that what sounds, if he takes a step? You know? That sounds like a part two of like who you think the biggest movers yeah. uh, on, on the team would be throughout the season. They have a chance to have a couple of guys in that department. Josh uh, Allen being a 77, you know, I mean, we'll I, see. I mean, even um, even Cam Robinson, who's down in the uh, high 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, could, or Josh Oliver. Yeah. What if he gets see, really featured in this offense? See, so, to me, I've never really quite understood the offensive lineman rankings. Yeah. Like, I mean, okay, good. so if you don't give up a sack, that's a pretty good week. Like, does your, do your stats go up, or do they stay the same? Do they drop? So I feel like it's kind of hard for offensive linemen to get any love in, in the Madden rankings. Cam, Cam Robinson coming off the injury, of course, but he's rated lower than rookie. Jawan Taylor, yeah, in uh, and the Madden ratings, uh, if you care about that. Yeah. All right, uh, Open Championship 
is coming up tomorrow. It starts early in the morning. I told you you should wake up for it. Uh, what do you got? Uh, Kuz, you want a winner? Yeah, let's put Kuz, you got it first because I, I got to bring my guy back up again. I'm going with Rory. Roy McElroy. Has he picked Rory McElroy every single time? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to go, Brent, because you know I'm off the wall all the time. Uh, it's in Northern Ireland, right? Yes. Have you ever had a shot called an Irish car bomb? Uh, no. It's Guinness, Kahlua, and Jameson whiskey, because I'm sure you've had them by, by the boatload. Yeah. Sounds so, good. So I went to see which guy looks like he's had the most ICBs, a.k.a. Irish car bombs in, in his career. Andrew Johnston, who looks like a creative player. Here you go, Brent. Rocking the beard. And guess what? Sponsored oh, yeah. by Arby's, by the way. So nothing chases down like a, a nice ICB, like an Arby's roast beef sandwich. Andrew Johnston, by a mile. Put all your money on it if you got it. I think it was this time. I gotta, now i got to look him up real quick. Uh, beef. That's what they call him. Yeah, that's why it's sponsored by Arby's. Yeah, Andrew yep. Johnston. Yeah. that he He got popular. It might have been in the open last year. I think okay. it became a thing and for open? a couple of the days. I like it. And because of the mean. whole look, because of the whole everything. Yep. And so uh, I like it. I like that pick. Thank you. Who are you taking? He's having a lot of trouble with a lot, a lot of research on this one. <laughs> be quite honest with you. Um, I want to go Alex Norton out of the blue, but I'm going to go with my man Ricky Fowler and hope he finally gets one. Okay. B-R-E. Everybody squash baller. He's never going to win. He's going to win this one. Okay. His first major, right? That would be his first one. Cool. For Austin Lane, Coos, I'm Brett Barno. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.